podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the world's number 14 podcast about Star Trek that is With a hosted bullet. from each other's homes, probably. Could be much lower or higher. We don't know. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm Andy. Uh, hello, everyone. We're here. We're back. We're going to talk about uh, The First Duty, Season 5, Episode 9, TNG. Ooh, what? An episode it is for Picard's speeches. Here we go. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? <laughs> yeah? What are you, stupid? <laughs> that, one, that one had a real edge to it. <laughs> uh, that's what I think, Andy. I would have them watch this episode. <laughs> or they're stupid. <laughs> yeah. that's. I said it. It was in the jingle. I don't yeah. or, Do you call that a jingle? I don't know. Uh, that being said, soundbite. Is it already that time? Shall we? Please, Jaunt? let's. Here we go, everyone. We're heading in to the Admirals Club. Go to leave a five-star review and join the Admirals Club. Before I read this next review, Matt, could you tell our <laughs> listeners? How they can join the Admirals Club. Uh, well, it's very simple, Andy. All they have to do is head to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review, and you will be welcome into the Admirals Club. And if you're international and we can't access your reviews, write one, take a screenshot, and email it to Star Trek TNC. STTNCpod at gmail.com. There it is. STTNCpod at gmail.com. <laughs> That's where you want to email it. All right, Andy, who's the first welcomee? The first welcomee to the Admiral's <laughs> Club is Lieutenant Mitch, with two M's. Uh, and uh, this uh, review is entitled TNC. Before I read this next review, Matt, could you tell our listeners how they can join the Admiral's Club? Wait, I have to do it again? <laughs> That's what it says. Oh. You go to <laughs> Apple Podcasts and you leave a five-star review. Lieutenant Mitch wrote the same thing that I say. He really put one over on us. Uh, oh, the next Mitch, one is from... You, you, you rascal. Um, the next one is from J.N. Jesse Mack, uh, who wrote the best, uh, in parentheses, and only ST podcast I listen to. Um, <laughs> High praise. Just, <laughs> just finished. Um, uh, I feel like I'm a little bit hot. I'm going to turn myself down. Uh, just finished season one. This podcast made about 20 of those episodes bearable. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to say, right? I wonder uh, if you're like looking part. through the pods for a Star Trek companion podcast, if you're going to go based on like who has the most episodes covered or if you're going to go like who's still actively going. That's my question. Thank you. And good night. What you look at? I don't know. Yeah, when like I look if you're going to go seek like, out a podcast. It's like, who's the most tolerable? I don't know how we fit into that that 
Oh, friggin' if that's your evaluation. No, but. we're not. We're not cutting it. Yeah, I don't listen to podcasts. I wish I did. I would have a better sense of what people are looking for out there. I do listen to podcasts. I've tried to listen to rundowns of TV shows, and um, it's uh, it's usually a little difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course it is. Cause Not to you, besmirch the form. You, you, don't, you, you don't get to say what you're thinking, which you get to do on this podcast. Yes, that's it. That's it. I also don't get to go, wait, what do you mean? What's going on? <laughs> Why did Dr. Manhattan do that? I don't get it. <laughs> because his dick was out. Oh, that probably is the answer to most of the Dr. Manhattan <laughs> questions. Always the answer to any of your Watchmen questions. His big blue dick was out. Um, blue Abu Abu Dhabi Abu. No. I don't, I don't is this, know. What that, is this like that time that we disconnected after I said a terrible Turtle Total Recall <laughs> reference? Or <laughs> when I froze and or you're probably still would have been here. my actual reaction? Judged. There Frozen. may be a callback. Fully be judged. A, were you mentioning the, th- the th- we're going real blue at the top of this podcast. Were you mentioning the three boob lady? Was that your reference? Yes, at that it was. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you, you may get a callback in today's, uh, today's podcast, my friend. I can't wait. I'm excited. Yeah, uh, is sure. that it for the Admirals Club? That's it for the Admirals Club. Oh, well then, let's close it. Let's be human beings about this. Why not? And that was the Admirals Club. President Circle, here we come. The United Federation of Planets, President Circle. Hi, everyone. Hello. So, here we are. If you'd like to in- be a part of the President's Circle, it's easy. Head over to Patreon and support this very podcast, patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. It's the best way to get literally twice as much as us. Of us, not as us. Although, I guess you're getting twice as much as us because hopefully you're only getting joy. <laughs> And Andy yes. and I don't have a ton. <laughs> we don't have joy from this or from anything else. So you will be getting twice as much. Well, twice really, not even joy. twice. An, a multiple of two more. times oh. zero is, you it's know. math. We're not great at it. But yeah, in our Patreon, we're doing all kinds of extra podcasts during this global pandemic. What does that mean? Well, if you join at the lieutenant's level, you're going to get a Voyager episode we're going to discuss. You'll also get two. No, no. No, Enterprise. Yes. Hang on. Let's back it up, guys. Here's what you're getting. It's so many things we're watching. Don't, I can't don't even promise keep them straight. things. We're not going to get them. Well, we already are disappointing them. I'll as tell you what they are getting. Yes, we talk about two episodes of Star Trek Discovery season two. Right. We talk about an episode of Star Trek Enterprise. Andy and I's first watch of this show, really. Really and enjoying it far more than either of us anticipated. And I think that's Picard's fault. And uh, <laughs> if you're in the president circle, you'll get uh, both of those podcasts, plus uh, the next entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've gone through all the uh, Marvel movies up through. We're going to be doing Captain Marvel in May. Uh, so there's a whole ton of them back there. And then uh, Andy and I will be discussing the next episode of Star Trek Voyager. So, 
Four pods. Up to four bonus pods. Support us Subject on Patreon. to change, depending on uh, what happens when Matt and I uh, go back to work. But right now, it's a... Uh, it's just Smorgas- a windfall of Smorgasburg. And uh, in uh, in re- in um, in light of the Enterprise, uh, not the Enterprise, in light of our, our journey into Enterprise, the TV show, yes. um, we uh, our good friend Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins uh, sent us uh, something that was so delightful <laughs> because Matt and I were discussing. The uh, this 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 somewhat. Here's what I was saying. I was saying I cannot ever keep trip and not trip straight. I don't know who's who. They have completely different accents, but they just look like the same white guy to me. So because of that, we <laughs> Jeff sent us Jeff sent us a theme song. A song uh, that may be uh, our ongoing opening. We'll, we'll see how we feel about it. But uh, we definitely wanted to share it with everyone because it was so delightful. Uh, we just felt like it had to be shared with everyone. And here it is. Andy Secunda and Matt and Myra are the hosts. They're watching Star Trek. TNC is their show. They are skipping over DS9. It's a parking lot in space. <laughs> I'm running out of disco episode. Enterprise will take its place. More white guys on the bridge. and Trip are the same man. More white guys talking track. The boobies don't add to the plot More white guys singing songs Should have stuck with instrumentals I will pay Patreon More white guys More white guys And a captain named John <laughs> <laughs> really heroic <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, really... Enjoy your Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Nice Jeff Mullins song parodying right there. <laughs> nice, nice work, Lieutenant Commander Mullins. Indeed. Um, Who else, Andy? Anyone else getting a Medal yeah. of Valor this oh, month? For sure, we had a lot of them this week because I think a lot of people had things to say about the Outcast um, or about our rundown of the Outcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, wait, last week's was cause and effect cause and effect even more people had stuff to say about cause and effects such a popular episode neil stud wrote uh how many crew members do you think data killed when he vented the main cargo bay without warning or authorization (laughs) 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 i i I have to have paid a thousand dollars to see a cutaway of a crew member who's just like (laughs) getting sucked into space someone (laughs) someone's just cleaning the windows on the galileo shuttle Uh, look, here's what I have to say. Spotless. As fun as it is, I have a plot reason for why that is. Ready? You better get get your own sound cue ready. It's because (laughs) they've gone to red alert and already called, uh, 
well, red alert. I don't think in a red alert, nobody... I don't think anyone's running out into the cargo bay. There's got to be somebody who's assigned to the cargo bay in re- yeah, red alert. They're in, the, right? they're in the launch cockpit, which is like the flight deck. They're in there in other enclosed space. Hmm. So I think somebody, I don't know if they're not to, hanging but... out in the shuttle bay, guys. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It didn't make sense, but Matt fixed it. Thank Found you, Nacho. Me. Thank you, Nacho. <laughs> Lieutenant Tim Filmer writes us, uh, I too thought, why didn't they shout, go with Riker's idea, this was the thing I said, instead of all hands abandon. Uh, but then I thought, how do you know the echo sound of the captain is from the previous loop every time? Could have been from the first or second instance, and it's still bouncing around in the loop. This episode and Parallels were my favorite when I was a kid, and I had them recorded on VHS and wore them out. Thanks for everything. Favorite uh, spelled with a U. You know what? I like it. As do the Brits. I like that quite a bit. Thank you for that, audience member. And because of that, you also get a jingle. It made perfect sense. Matt didn't get it because he's way too tired. But somebody got it, sent in a hail, and now the plot points died. Now the flat point's um, fine. I'm getting a weird, muddy echo in my own voice. As long as you don't hear it or you think it's fine, then that's fine. Well, I don't hear it, but I'm also not listening to your headphones. All right. Is that of concern, or should we just press on? <laughs> what do you... I'm very curious as to what you mean by It's like weird... I speak, and then I hear... Well, it's... Really? It's actually, it's very similar to cause and effect now that I think about it. <laughs> oh, no. Is are it a message a from a previous time loop? It feels like we are. This would be. I feel like yeah. we've had this conversation now, before. We've definitely been doing this podcast for 90 years. <laughs> uh, all right, Andy. Who is next in the in the president's circle? Priority messages. It is our old friend, uh, Lieutenant Commander Cosmo Moore also known as uh, Livingston, uh, Picard's Fish. Um, So, funny story. When Conundrum first aired, uh, the TV station had its problems. Conundrum first aired. Yeah, that's okay. Let's hear it. We remember Conundrum. It's when that first officer showed up out of nowhere. Um, the TV station had problems and the episode froze a few minutes in. I stared at the screen for a good half hour, hoping it would resume. Uh, fast forward to this episode, starts off with the destruction of the ship. And then after the opening, a captain's log. Oh no, not again. (laughs) Took me two commercial breaks to figure out that my TV episode wasn't broken. Uh, That was what it was. That's funny. I thought I'd screwed up and I put a conundrum yell in here. But Cosmo, you were right on on point and I blew it. Um, so that was funny. Andy blew it. Song. So we don't need to make that hail. We'll never <laughs> stop playing it. Uh, that jingle, rather. See, I just did it again. We would have had to play it right there. <laughs> Lieutenant Cam Uraki or Uraki, um, writes us. Uh, I'm just curious what position Matt thinks Niles would have had on the Bozeman. <laughs> it's a really good hails this week uh oh that's good oh i wish you know what here's how he would be the ship's counselor and kelsey Grammer would be the captain but have a background in counseling like we saw admiral cornwell her background was counseling and discovery (laughs) and he would obviously he's freudian so he would be 
really, really disagreeing with everything Niles was doing. Because Niles is young. So they would both have counseling uh, backgrounds, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, you're not you're not shifting their personalities into not at all yeah. they are it's you can't just, you can't bend those characters it's, it's fraser in space the end <laughs> oh and when their dad comes aboard the ship to live with them oh man it's Is he gonna one of be those great admirals like riker's dad no 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 he's completely different you know it's oil and vin- water with these two these yeah. three so i think he probably the martin crane is in start in this bozeman world probably a klingon uh-huh. <laughs> that, this adds up um do you want to throw in roz while you're at it roz <laughs> daphne is, was really no, the one roz is the ship's communicator she's oh yeah uh, she's of in course. the comm station duh not 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 at the helm well you know when they did that fraser voyager sketch with Kate Mulgrew, uh, I believe Roz was at the helm. Yeah, there you go. And Daphne? Daphne. She's kind of just Troy, isn't she? She really is Troy. She's Troy, but as the science officer. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's all reasonable. Um, all right. Uh, from Lieutenant Frederick, I know you've said it a Roa. billion times. No, it's not him. It's oh. Rombouts. Rombouts. Or rumboats. You've sent it to me. You got to put it in the in the in your name uh, in the Patreon entry. Uh, Omar's meowing on the pod this week nearly gave me a heart attack. I had just gotten into my car and started driving when I suddenly heard a faint meowing I couldn't account for. Surely I was hearing the suffering meows of a cat who had crawled up into my car engine uh, car engine's compartment and was suddenly going along for the ride. I pulled my car over and popped the hood to free my feline passenger after oh, a no. solid couple of minutes of checking nooks and crannies of my engine compartment and wheel wells i considered that maybe it had actually been something from the pod and was relieved to hear matt and andy address omar's cameo wow very funny sorry to give you a scare frederick but i've trimmed up some of the hails this week good on uh, fyi because we had a lot of them um so i'm just trying to keep it a little tight but i'm not going to in the future keep your hails tight like under a paragraph we are we live on hails so that does it for the president circle is what you're telling no me. no no one oh, more i lied uh mark c uh where was gynan during the repeating timeline shouldn't she have known that something strange was happening with time like she did with the old enterprise c she even knew that tasha was dead in the correct timeline but must have been busy remaking the same drinks in 10 forward while this was happening she also could have been on shore leave somewhere that's a really good point so that's it for the uh, oh, president circle. Well, then, let's get out of here. Head out to the, uh, what do you call it? A hallway? Yeah. Corridor? And let's open the hails. Captain, Captain we are being hailed. And for- let's open the hails. Captain. Incoming message. <laughs> that's not what we use that for. Um, that's for in the middle of the show if something's happening. Oh, um, <laughs> Lieutenant, I mean, you're running the board. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> Lieutenant Jim Kosky writes us, uh, so is the Bozeman having propulsion problems as well? Captain Crane acted like everything was okay on their ship. 
Why didn't they try to move out of the way? Also, they were wearing TOS movie era, era uniforms and had no reaction to the name Enterprise other than your ship is not familiar to us. That's bothered me <laughs> since it first aired. Yeah. These are really uh, good points overall. I thought, you know, I thought we mentioned that. Did like we? I, I said think something that, about like, where's Kirk? Right. Um, but, uh, you know, all good points. My guess is there's, if you are familiar with the breadth of Star Trek episodes, there is a point in some episode or something, it's in my head, so it must have happened, uh, where they talk about the older ships having a uh, sensor lapse. Like, the sensor thing goes and goes and goes, and then, you know, it has the, the cycle resets, and then that, like, 10-second period, they're sort of flying dead in the water. Uh, so, or, you know, one sec, whatever it is. So my my thought is what must happen is they enter and exit the rift in that little blip of time. Where there's a, a sensor malfunction. Yeah. Well, where the sensors just don't see the ship. That's true. But his demeanor, and I thought about this when we were watching it, is sort of like, oh, hi, how are you? And not like we were about to well, collide with you. Well, I think that's because they don't know. Because their sensors... Oh, he didn't know. He didn't I know see. they You're were saying, about to hit him. Gotcha. Okay. You can play your Matt Fixit for that one. <laughs> it didn't make sense, but Matt fixed it. I'll buy it. I'm um, sure you would You would see that in the next episode if it was a serialized television show. It didn't make sense, <laughs> but Matt fixed it. I didn't mean to hit that again. I slipped, but anyway. Well, that's what the person at the board does. Uh, it's part of the job. Uh, Thomas Zara says, and this was a tweet to us, um... Matt, question, which is a better spinoff series? This is going to be a tough one, Matt. Star Trek The Next Generation or Frasier? Frasier. Oh, like a shot. Not no, even a not, consideration. Not tough. Why? Because it did the unthinkable of taking a character from this great, great show Right, an ensemble. Building another fucking world around them and hitting it out of the park. You know, if this was Star Trek The Next Generation and it was like William Shatner was the Admiral and right. it was TNG and it was great, right. it'd be or more, like of, a, took more of a thought process. Off. I sort of take it not as a... It is a spinoff, obviously, but I sort of think of it as its own thing. Like if you took Picard and you spun off his... Uh... Yeah, and maybe made some sort of show that sometimes felt like Star Trek. <laughs> um, wow, I'm very that that was a very satisfying que uh, answer to a question that I I figured. Oh, he's just going to say something like, "Oh, I can't choose my babies." You know, no, I can. I'll pull <laughs> the trigger. Like a shot. I will. Uh, I will. I will drop Macaulay Culkin from the ledge and save my own child. Wow. Yeah. Uh, cause and effect issue from josh smith uh hi uh i love this episode but one thing has always stood out why not both choices use the tractor beam and jettison the cargo bay you have a ship coming at you i do everything i could to get out of, uh, the hell out of the way days could uh, data could easily handle the speed of doing both options otherwise great episode thanks and then he has p.s 
Uh, this I thought was interesting. I went to a wedding at Frank Sinatra's Palm Springs house a few years ago. Uh-huh. It was well-maintained and kept all of the mid-century modern furnishings. Maybe TNC can rent it out for a podcast rap party when we finish TNG. Oh, I love that. That would be so stupidly perfect. We rent out Frank Sinatra's place and invite a bunch of nerds to hang out and watch Star Trek. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine uh, if we were actually all, in... The All Good Things viewing party. We were in the Frank Sinatra house? Uh, Come on. <laughs> I feel like almost every other week he's back at that house. <laughs> he sure is. You really got some good use out of it. Um, Matt Fader writes us, not the only one. Uh, Matt made a reference to, uh, here we go, to the woman with three boobs in total recall. Mm-hmm. The actor, uh, Lycia Naff, or Lycia Naff, uh, also played Ensign Sonia Gomez, the proposed non-computer love interest for Jordy. In the uh, season two episodes, Samaritan oh. Snare and Q-Who. She also played Dixie and Lethal Weapon, which I thought was interesting since uh, I just recently joined your Patreon and had listened to your Iron Man 3 episode. Anyway, live long and prosper. Excelsior. Matt from Halifax. Thank you. That was helpful. And, I, you know, I miss Edson Sonia Gomez. Even though she spilled warm drink on Picard, I still miss her. Yeah, she was kind of a good addition. I think we debated it at the time. She like, was a human. Why? She was human, you know? Yeah. She was sort of like, like not- a proto Barkley. Yes, but like a little bit more together than Barkley. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> not that much. Eh. Let's go to ship's counselor Niles to see what he has to say. Uh, uh, I don't. Captain Batesman in a novel from Tony Lynn. Dear Matt and Andy, last episode you called for information about the Bozeman and Captain Batesman. Oh, I did, Batesman. indeed. Fraser, and I would like to deliver. Uh, in the novel, Ships of the Line, Captain Fraser. I've heard of that one before. I think it must be a good one. Captain Fraser was in charge of the Enterprise E shakedown cruise. He was in line to become the captain of the ship permanently as Starfleet had questions regarding Picard losing the Enterprise D. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's funny. As for as for the crew of the Bozeman, many are having a hard time adjusting to life in the 24th century. The first officer even becomes a drunk. Uh, Captain Fraser does well, but the entire crew is depicted as out of touch and unable to fully comprehend the technological updates and political changes that had happened since their time jump. Interesting. Interestingly, Captain Fraser is depicted as uh, an expert on fighting Klingons. So much so, this fits with your... With your theory that his father would be a Klingon. <laughs> so much so that a Klingon that he defeated... Oh my gosh! So much so that a Klingon that he defeated 90 years ago comes to hold a grudge and sends a ship to fight him. So we get a picture of Fraser in combat with the Klingons. Oh, <laughs> overall, this it. fits in perfectly and it's, and it's his dad. Uh, overall, I think uh, the novel is a fun read if you're looking for more Trek content. I certainly learned a lot about uh, running a ship at sea as the author, Diane Carey, used a lot of nautical references. Good to know, even if I will never take a boat out to sea myself. Love the pod, Tony Lynn. That's terrific. Uh, really good rundown. Thank you, Tony. Let's hear Let's hear Frazier speak Klingon at his son's bar mitzvah. Exciting. Pork. <laughs> Lord Wille Ko'o. Hak Jaj Shokoav Moach 
Okay, guys, there's a hilarious mix-em-up at the station where someone is taking going to a Star Trek convention with their Klingon speech, and uh, Frazier has translated Hebrew for his son's bar mitzvah. Frazier, of course, is a, is a Gentile in the uh, world of Frazier. His son is a Jewish, so he's reading this out loud, uh, thinking he's reading Hebrew, but he's really reading Klingon. Language law or ten. George language, vod bel rat. Chauve danobe po boa. Rabat, shalom. Oh, that was lovely. <laughs> really good ensemble. Um, just also one uh, last point about the uh, the three boobed uh, total recall thing. Uh-huh. Um, Subspace chatter had tweeted at us. Really went above and beyond and sent us uh, a comparative picture of the two things. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna retweet that uh, on error on our Twitter feed at Star Trek TNC. We have one more thing uh, that is in the face group. Mm. If you want to open the face group, sure. Oh no, it's the end. I messed up, guys. <laughs> Oh boy! This is really satisfying. <laughs> <sighs> so many things. Photoshop Matt with Data's cat, and who put Andy's face on that? Just take a look. It's on Facebook. It's in our face group. I had to trim this up a little bit, uh, Lieutenant Phoebe Phillips, who's part of our um, our lieutenants level. Um, but she wrote uh, also from the face group, one of our one of our moderators. This was perhaps one of the best episodes of the podcast yet. Over in the face group, we had just finished our weekly TOS watching party, and uh, the TNC episode dropped. So after a brief intermission, we all synchronized our podcast apps and had our very first (laughs) listening party. (laughs) That is pretty funny. That they they watch episodes Did together you think and they're like, that hey, the podcast, and maybe, then they all listen to the podcast together, which is delightful. Maybe it was just more enjoyable because you all shared the experience together. You should do that more often, guys. That's what I was thinking. So, well, they would have to know when we were dropping it. Well, it's a secret. <laughs> so you guys just you look. What else are you doing? It's a it's a quarantine. Stay yeah. on twenty four hour watch, and then the second uh, also, we drop I it, feel like I put that one up pretty late at night. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Anyway, that's awesome. I'm glad that you guys got to enjoy it together. Now you can close it out. Okay. Thanks, Andy. This is the end of the face group. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) I forgot about that. I sent him a bunch of them. Um, If you would like to send a hail, uh, you either get priority... Uh, access priority one you can send a priority one message uh, by posting in our patreon um, I put a post every week and those will be the ones I look at first uh, or you can write to sdtncpod at gmail please put the title of the episode and keep it a little bit brief uh, you can tweet uh, the gentleman uh, across town a few blocks what about it, 17 blocks um, <laughs> at Matt Myra Probably. at Instagram and Twitter um, I'm at Andrew Secunda on Instagram and at Secunda on Twitter, or you can send us a voice hail at 816 Trek TNC. That is it for the hails. Oh, Andy, I, for some reason I didn't, I wasn't prepared for that. That's but I right. am. Oops. 
And now you had requested, Matt, yes. that we get a jingle to celebrate the fact that we were done with this part of the podcast and we were about to get into the episode. And Nacho, as always, has, uh, has afforded us a new jingle. It's exciting. Everyone, set your phasers to fun. We crossed the many doors, the many places. Your hails made us think of all your faces. Sit comfortably in your humble abode. Let's talk about this week's episode. Yay! <laughs> Good job, Nacho. Uh, this week's episode, Andy Secunda. Uh, wait, wait. And then Nacho has requested oh. that every time he writes us a new jingle, that we play uh, the Another of Jingle. Of course. Jingle. <laughs> Matt has asked for yet another jingle. There's one thing that he must understand If we add more music to this podcast There will be no space in it to talk Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it so much that I believe it is officially time. So, we're talking about The First Duty, Season 5, Episode 19 or something, 20, I don't know. You all know. Uh, uh, this aired the week of March 30th, 1992. Andy? 19. Episode 19. Episode 19. Yes. Aired 1992. And, of course, the number one song. Still, Vanessa Williams. While in the UK, Shakespeare's sister uh, was still on top of the charts with Stay. Uh, I don't have any thought in my head of what that is. Brain Donors... Uh, directed by Dennis Dukin was one of the most viewed movies. Oh my god! And I forgot I, about that movie. Which one is that? I don't have no memory of that at all. I. <sighs> I feel like it's a comedy, right? Yeah. Who's in it? I haven't. Oh, is that like thought that's about with that the, movie. That's the John Turturro like trying to be a slapsticky. We're three maniacs, a lawyer, a cab driver, and a handyman team up to run a ballet company to right. fulfill the will of a millionaire. It's insanity. I think they were trying to do like a, a Three stooges kind of yes. vibe, right? Yes, like doctoring, plumbering, and yeah, like... Wow. So nuts. Haven't thought about that in a long time. Me neither. I can't believe that was ever number one. Um, although, maybe it's good. What do I know? I never saw it. Uh, Revolution from Within by Gloria Steinem was one of the best-selling books. Um, and the Time Magazine cover had Garth Brooks on it, and it uh, said, Country's Big Boom, the new Nashville sound comes of age and captures music's mainstream. There you go, everybody. That's what was going on in the world, but I'd like to know what was going on in the life of the chairman of the board. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the world's greatest segment in the history of segments. As my eyes dart left and right, trying to find <laughs> the sound to play. I was like, he's really playing this up. He's it really is. <laughs> Without a doubt. He's really building up this terrible segment. The greatest <laughs> segment in the history of podcasts. No podcast has a greater segment then this segment, which will be coming to you in not very long. It's the greatest segment ever. <laughs> Frank Sinatra, come on. 
It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> time for Frank Sinatra. Come on. Matt. Yes, Andy. What was he doing? I'll tell you about Old Blue Eyes this week. This week found Frank giving a short five-song performance on March 25th at the Wyndham Hotel in Palm Springs. Nice. Oh, Palm Springs. He's probably sleeping in a home. a lot of work in Palm Springs. Man, those people in Palm Springs, really, they were awash in Sinatra, which I guess he would be. Sinatra loved Palm Springs and had a home built there in 1947, obviously. He had just made his first million and wanted to celebrate. What? Oh, I guess in 1947, yes. Yeah. Uh, man, can you imagine having a million dollars in 1947? He insisted that design, construction, and landscaping be completed in a few months to have it ready for a big Christmas party blowout. Work went on around the clock in order to complete it on time. The house is now available as a rental property, which we were told earlier in the show. <laughs> oh, man. If we could rent that. Oh, it's like it's the next best thing to the bridge of the Enterprise. For this podcast. Which, which we could also... Oh, no, that's not available anymore, is it? What's up? What What's it called? Stage... What is it? That stage thing, nine. The guy, stage nine, yeah. Uh, okay. It's the first duty, everyone. Thank you for Frank Sinatra come on. And here we go. This episode was directed by... Paul Lynch, written by Ronald D. Moore and Naren Shankar. Here it is. En route. Oh, this is also from Larry Nemechek's Star Trek Next Generation Companion. Uh, revised edition. En route to deliver the commencement address at Starfleet Academy, Picard learns that a horrifying accident has occurred. While rehearsing for the graduation ceremonies, a member of Wesley Crusher's five-person flight squadron has been killed. The routine a routine inquiry into the accident finds discrepancies between the cadets' fail, filed flight pan, plan, geez, and their testimony. Nova Squadron leader Lacarno reluctantly reveals that the dead squadron member Joshua Albert panicked and caused the mishap. This news comes as a painful blow to his already grieving father. But in a squadron, I'm sorry, in a squadron meeting later, right, buddy. Wesley is angry. Locarno lied, he says. Joshua Albert wasn't to blame. But the squadron leader makes an impassioned plea for the four remaining team members to stick together, pointing out that their careers will be over if they reveal the truth. The next day, Wesley's testimony is countered by surprise evidence from a satellite. But to the surprise of both Picard and Beverly, he refuses to explain the discrepancy. Returning to the Enterprise after a talk with his old mentor, Boothby, Picard realizes that the accident occurred because Nova Squadron was practicing the Colvard Starburst, a spectacular exhibition of stunt flying banned for over a century that would have made Locarno a living legend. Picard confronts Wesley with the truth and says he will reveal it if Wesley does not. Despite a last-minute uh, entreaty by Locarno to stand by his team, an anguished Wesley agrees that his first duty is to the truth. Locarno is expelled, while Wesley and his teammates must repeat the past year and face the difficulty, difficult time ahead. Whew, hey, there we are. Yeah. I have nice. to say, this episode, oh, brings me so much joy. I don't know you why. Love it. I really it's like really this episode. I watch really it a lot. I rewatch note, it often. Sounds like my side yes, note. Um, side note. 
I uh, I dug up how much it cost to rent Frank Sinatra's house, and it's uh, twenty six hundred per night. Well, I mean, we'd only need it for one. That's right. One night, yeah, sure. Are we going to stay over after we have the big party? Are you and I going to sleep sleep in Frank Sinatra's house? (laughs) I mean, I wasn't planning on it, but there's probably there's probably there's got to be rooms for guests. He must have had Dino and uh, and all the the gang over. He had a room for Sammy and Dino and Ava Gardner. Ooh, it comes with a concierge who will arrange anything from a chef to a security guard. Well, will he arrange a screening of all good things? (laughs) I guess we would have to. Hey, look. Yeah, would those people hate us? We'd like to uh, show a Star Trek episode out on the lawn. (laughs) All right. Here we... I always felt like they never made Worf the way he should be. He wasn't strong enough. (laughs) You know, I, I I can get you a chief of security. <laughs> It'll be a good one, too. Here we go, everybody. Captain's log, stardate 45703.9. We are en route to Earth, where it will be my pleasant duty to deliver this year's commencement address at Starfleet Academy. I'm also looking forward to seeing Wesley Crusher again. His flight team will perform a demonstration near Saturn that will be transmitted to the graduation ceremonies. I mean, it seems like uh, information we don't need in a captain's log. <laughs> True. Well, I'm excited about that's... Wesley, who's doing this thing. <laughs> I guess that should have been a personal log. Yeah. How do you split that stuff up, though? I mean... Just like, oh, you know what? I sh- uh, Hang on a second. Uh, personal Paul's, log. Uh, personal log. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. This is business now. Captain's log. <laughs> Captain, Starfleet Academy is requesting an update on our estimated arrival. Mr. Data? We should be arriving at Earth in 10 hours, 16 minutes, sir. Please inform the Academy, Mr. Wolf, and send my regards to Super... That was a shot, Andy. Uh, That looked like one of the very few shots that was on a reel of film that they could not find when they were re... uh, when they were up-resing this to HD. Why couldn't they find it? They lost a few. There's a few cans of film that they lost. So, oh, I see. What's crazy is when they put this on Blu-ray, they up everything. So they actually had to go to the raw film. They had to pull the film cans and re-edit the entire show wow. to match what aired. How fucking crazy is that? It was. It's insane that we got the amount of content that we did at the time. So, well, what you're left with, though, is you'll see these shots occasionally when you're watching it on Netflix or Hulu or on your Blu-ray that is horrible because they had to pull it from the video source, not the film. So if you watch watch this when he asked Data what their uh, ETA is, watch the shot change. Ready? Attended. When I was at the academy, we had a Vulcan superintendent who had memorized the personnel files of every single cadet. Oh, yeah. It's like having your parents. Oh, wait, it didn't. 16 minutes, there it is. Sir. Yeah. Please inform the academy, Mr. Wolf. Oh, oh, I was wondering about that shot. Yeah. So that's why. That's why it looks terrible. Uh, so, Andy, try to play something. You say we're out of sync. Let's figure no, we're it okay out. Okay, now. I figured it out. Oh, good. Yeah. Back in. Everyone's reminiscing about their superintendent. I feel like Riker and Troy would have had the same superintendent, and yet she has no stories. 
Superintendent Brand. Aye, sir. Do you know Admiral Brand? We've met a few times. She's a formidable woman. Sounds like my superintendent. When I was at the academy, we had a Vulcan superintendent who had memorized the personnel files of every single cadet. Are they the same age, though? Like having your parents around all the time. I thought they were. Like, didn't mm-hmm. they serve together as, like, ensigns or something? That's a good question. Are Marina Sirtis and uh, Frakes the same age? I'm not talking about Marina Sirtis and Frakes. I'm talking about <laughs> Troy <laughs> and Riker. My superintendent was a betazoid, full telepath. When he sent for you to his office, he didn't have to ask what you'd done. You got called to the superintendent's office. It's a story I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear Sir, about him interacting with a full telepath. By the Old Xavier. It is Admiral Brand. On screen. Oh, sir, she is requesting a private channel. In my ready room. See, this real, Andy. So this shot again. They're back to this shot, and it's the low res. So interesting. It's wild. Admiral Brand, what can I do for you? Hello, Captain. I know you're a close friend of the Crusher family. <laughs> By the way, Admiral Brand, terrible at delivering bad news. Because <laughs> she telegraphs it so much? No, because she delivers it in a way where normally you'd say, I just wanted to say Wesley is fine, but I'm calling you because blah, 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 <laughs> oh, blah, Oh, yes, blah. yes. It's, but it's very the way, she, the way she does very, it is very... very Ian, Ian Roberts on Arrested Development. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I wanted to inform you personally. There's been an accident. <laughs> I guess you're just building uh, in, in the the cold open. It is. It's total. Uh, not schmuck bait. Uh, is it schmuck bait? It's paper lion. No, it's uh, false. False stakes. <laughs> false stakes. That's really what it is. Um, and then we cut back and we're in Crusher's office and Picard is giving the news that should have been led with by the Admiral. Fractures of his right arm, but he's going to be fine. Have they completed the regeneration series? I'm not certain. Wesley's allergic to metoropan treatments. I think they'll have to use a bicarotene substitute. I should Beverly. send his complete records to the Academy Infirmary. Of course, they probably already have them, but you can't be too sure. Beverly, he's fine. I know he's fine. I know he's fine. How did it happen? I, I like think she plays this. Yes. Yeah, really well. I think she's doing great worried mother. Yes, but in a way that's Slash not doctor. like... I think the the less um, refined way to do the scene, or less elegant way to do the scene, or less depthful, is to ever go like to cop to it more. And she's playing it like in a way that she's still in denial about her being overly motherly here. <laughs> yeah, like she's she's on autopilot. Like I just got to make sure he's okay. I just got to make sure he's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really terrific. This is also one of the. I mean, this is the first time we ever see Starfleet Academy. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. We've seen Starfleet headquarters before, but we've never seen the Academy. Oh, there you go. Formation. There's a collision. All five ships were destroyed. Four of the cadets were able to transport out. One didn't make it. 
Do you know who it was? Yes, his name was Joshua Albert. Wesley spoke of him. They were friends. Wesley was so excited to make the flight team. Of course, I was a little nervous, but I was proud. I always knew there was a chance that something like this might... Beverly, Wesley's alive and he's well. Oh, man. Jean-Luc Picard having to really... He gets, poor Beverly gets so much bad news from him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like this episode... To, to her dead husband, too? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of history between those two. It would have been hilarious if he if he queued it up the same way that the admiral did. <laughs> <laughs> there's been an there's accident, been a terrible accident. And I Wesley's know fine. you're close <laughs> with Wesley Crusher. <laughs> um, you talk about him all the time. You've always seemed to spend a lot of time together when he when you were on ship. I think you even might have lived together for a short time. <laughs> Anyway, something terrible has happened. <laughs> you remember Wesley, right? It's horrible. <laughs> this news is terrible. I don't know how I'm going to break it to you. Anyone who cares about Wesley is really going to have this you know news going to have an impact. How Wesley was on the flight team. <laughs> well, and there's you were been an accident about it to yes. my memory. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's been an accident involving that. Your worry, it seems, was not so far-fetched. <laughs> Now, <laughs> of course. Uh, Let me draw up some charts for you of what could go wrong. A... Also, I think, by the way, Crusher should have been notified first. I, it totally, 100%. It's weird that they go to Picard. I think, guess they're just giving him more to do in the it's episode. Like, you know, since you're on your way here... Uh, Andy, let's talk about uh, Commander Albert. Okay. I feel like he's got to have a Secunda claim to fame, right? He does have a Secunda claim to fame. So you can, I don't know. Oh, Do we thank hit the thing God. first? I'm so excited. I, don't th- I think you're going to be disappointed by it, though. <laughs> claim to fame. Oh, no. I know from something big. It actually fits in perfectly with your your mockery of this. Because the thing is, I, I went through his credits, and there were, like, you know this guy from everything. He's just yeah. been around forever in a billion different small parts. But the thing that I was just like, that's what I know from, was Time Rider, which I believe <laughs> I've mentioned. <laughs> just this really weird uh, Fred Ward... I think I've mentioned it on the show before, definitely in a in a, in one of the Patreon shows, where uh-huh. it's this weird Fred Ward vehicle where he's a motorcycle rider that somehow stumbles into a time travel experiment and goes back to the Old West. Well, I mean, look, if you're going to end up back in the Old West, why not be a motorcycle guy? <laughs> um, and uh, this guy was, was one of the people, huh? Ed, Ed Lauder is his I think name. he was a preacher in it. Oh, I can see that. He does wear a nice high collar. Some time. Standard procedure calls for an immediate investigation by two command level officers. What are those Jamooks in the back are? I think they're other parents. 
Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Today. Yeah. Commander Albert. I'm sure that everyone in this room joins me in expressing my deepest sympathies to you on the tragic loss of your son. <laughs> there will be a memorial. A really impressive and hilarious out. job of just seeming. He, they, he really doesn't have that many lines. They just have to cut to him seeming anguished for the whole time. And he really nails it. <laughs> I, the thing I think that he is famous for in my mind yes. is. Probably not another teen movie. Oh, I never, I was really not that familiar with it. He's the coach in that. Uh, funny. It's good. Chris Evans is in it. You're, you know he's funny oh, really? already. Yeah. Huh. Uh, here we go. Let's uh, get back into anguished Commander Albert. Does he, does he ever say, I could do this all day? I don't I'd have to think I'd have to watch it again to know and I've discussed this and we've agreed that commencement should go forward as planned the cadet should know that even after a tragedy like this there are still duties to perform and life continues thank you all for coming I wonder what that whisper was yeah I'm going to go. I'm going to go talk to her and uh let her know how to deliver bad news. <laughs> I'm going to make sure this doesn't affect anybody's grades. <laughs> it's good to see you again, Captain. I wish it were under better circumstances. It seems like a actually happy way. To- oh, Andy? I was going to say it looks a little bit like a TOS background, but it's uh, it's got the Okuda grams on it. The L cars display. L cars display. Those are, are weren't those called also kudograms at some point too? If you not I'm making that up anywhere outside of production, huh. I only deal with the things that I heard in production. Oh well, I understand. Require any assistance? Then the enterprise is at your disposal. I'm sure we'll be able to conduct the investigation. But thank you for your offer. You know, we're the flagship, and we have an android. <laughs> he can go at super speeds. I like that uh, Wesley has a the uh, Constitution class Enterprise model from the Franklin Mint on his desk, as well oh, that's as funny. as well as an Apollo uh, space capsule. I liked uh, those two touches in his uh, dorm. Meanwhile, Wesley's crushing it. Here's what I'd like to know, Andy. Yeah. Why don't the dorms in Starfleet Academy? have star trek doors why do they have regular door handles <gasps> so fascinating i get i wonder if all everything on earth is just past technology <laughs> it's the ship is really we're seeing you know the most advanced technology <laughs> is it just like because they want to make him have to get up to open the door every yeah, time i don't know i i'm so glad you pointed that out that's so bizarre Wes Hall. I was so worried about you. Captain Picard told me about this in the worst way. (laughs) Do you think in that shot you've frozen on, do you think that... (laughs) I just processed that. Do you think that they've they've blocked this in a weird way where I... It almost seems like Patrick Stewart can't see wesley like he's like beverly is blocking him oh yeah (laughs) i mean his eye line could be literally the back of 
Beverly's he's just head. like, I don't want to blow this take. I'll just <laughs> pretend that I'm looking at his eyes. I'll, I'll, I'll just do this and say words. <laughs> Whoa. I didn't mean to beam us out. I meant to hit this. Folks, dissing now. No, no. Inside baseball. There you go. Wesley. Not bad. The arm's a little sore. By the way, you would never, in television today, you'd never want to stack three people in a doorway. No. <laughs> it's crazy. I like, by the way, that these Starfleet Academy uniforms essentially, you know, with slight alterations become the DS9 era uniform. Oh, yeah. I do. They're really cool. I yeah. really like them. Yeah. We were very sorry to hear about Joshua. Would you like to talk about it? No, I don't think so. No, thank you. I know you're just trying to be helpful, sir, but it seems like that's all I've talked about for the last two days, and I don't want to go through it again. I understand. I just want you to know that I'm available if you should change your mind. Thank you, sir. This is the whole thing. He's got to get up again. <laughs> you think Picard's looking at her like, I can't believe they still have door handles. <laughs> takes forever they had these when i was at the academy (laughs) i do wonder if it's there must have been some decision so i wonder if it was like well we well it might have just been that we don't want to spend time doing it but i think i wonder if it's like at the academy things should be more primitive because they're roughing it kind of deal well i also like i think it might be because there's so much act like there's so much that hinges on his dorm door right like Locarno coming in, him ushering Picard out, and right. you know he keeps getting interrupted. You know, so I think it's probably a choice. The Deliberate. only thing is, this is the only time we have seen a door in Star Trek, isn't it? Like a like a handled door. I mean, other than like at the Chateau Picard, yeah, yeah, where it's like intentionally antique. It's the first one I can think of. Uh, maybe the audience has a better memory for it. Captain, sir. At ease, cadet. This is my squadron leader, Nicholas Locarno. This is also Captain known Jean as of the Enterprise. My mother, Dr. Beverly Crusher. Hello, doctor. Hello. Captain Picard. Mr. Locarno. I came by to see if Wes had healed up all right. And how- I wish Locarno just went, got expelled, then reapplied under the name Tom Paris. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah. and then just became Tom Paris. It really, I don't know if he changed his performance based on the writing in the other one, but I feel like this was a more interesting backstory for that character. Yeah, he's and not in like shame it, as then. muddy as the Maquis thing. Yeah. Uh, even if it, even if you want to keep the Maquis thing, it's reasonable that after he got expelled, that's where he would have ended up. Yeah. But in a way, I think they had to like. I like that they also, for Tom Paris's character, gave him Admiral Paris as his father, and had that whole storyline. But although you could have have kept that too, yeah, it should have been. It should have been Locarno. It really should have. Honestly, I don't know. Whatever. You don't want to pay somebody a hundred and sixty dollars every fucking week. That's your problem. How are yeah. you feeling? That's the other thing. It's such a minimal fee. Oh, I'm okay. 
I thought I was going to clean up because uh, Glasscott is my character who was spun off into Schooled. Uh huh. And you thought it's it was going to be Met- a windfall. Tim Meadows' character, and it's turned out to be very minimal. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I was really disappointed. Uh, I've mean, only got money money. one character payment from Goldberg's, and it was when Dan, the band geek on Goldberg's, his girlfriend Rosa, appeared on one episode of Schooled. That was the only character payment I've ever gotten. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'm afraid that never gets easier. Captain, Mom. I think if he wasn't so awkward about this, the suspicion would be much less. But without question. And also, He's, like... He wants to get caught, that's what. That's for sure. Right. It, you know, and if... I wish when he opened his door, he hadn't queued up that dramatic violin music. Will you excuse us, please? Nick and I have some things we need to talk about. Can you believe this shit? Of course. <laughs> He's really obviously hiding something. Do you think they're in love, Beverly? <laughs> Who would that be something? I will. I'll see you at the inquiry. Good to meet you, Mr. Lacana. I gotta feel you like too, the main sir. thing, maybe, maybe uh, Picard's thinking is just like, that little prick is kicking me out of his room. <laughs> <laughs> what the F? <laughs> uh, hang on. Let's see here. I was wondering if there's any information in the in Dr. Trek's book about the doors. I was really hoping there would be. Uh, uh, let's see. No. Maybe we're the only two idiots who noticed that thing. Uh... Um. Yeah. No. Just while us. you're while you're talking while you're looking that up. Uh, one other thing I was thinking is like uh, about Riker who ha- having a Vulcan's superintendent. Yeah. That you talk about. I know everybody hates to go backwards. I would love to see Riker at the academy with a Vulcan superintendent, and you could throw Troy in there for for that matter. I think. Yeah. I mean, also the idea of all of them at the academy is interesting, and that's what the next Star Trek series was going to be was going to be the Academy years. It was going to be Kirk and Spock at the Academy. That was Gene you know, Roddenberry's You could really pitch. just do... It's great. And you could do every season is a different, you know... Crew? Uh, yeah, a different crew. That's interesting. Or, you know, you center on different people anyway. It's so wild. There's no mention in the... In this... Hang on. Why is there no mention of Locarno? Like, there's no mention of... What are you looking at? Memory Alpha? No, I'm looking on Dr. Trek's book here, the companion for uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. I would think there'd be at least something where they're talking about the character and Voyager. Well, whatever. Fine. Here's Here's what we're dealing with. Okay, so they're lying. Locarno is uh, not bullying him, but persuading him. I think so. Don't worry about it, Wes. Everything's going to be all right. As long as we stick together. 
see that's a flower bed? Sorry. I'm really sorry. Wonder <laughs> <laughs> who got that ADR. Now, Andy. For, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Way to recreate your role as ADR. You're in the loop group for TNG. <laughs> uh, now, of course, Andy, let's play... Secundas claim to fame. Oh, this is this is Ray Walston. I know who Ray Walston is. But what do you know him from? Something big? Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. Now that I see him as the original character, because at the time that is, spoiler alert. I don't like what they do to species two four seven nine or whatever the hell the number was. Yeah. I don't like that they took one of the most effective villains in Voyager and they turned them into, you know. Ray Walston. It's just, it's, it's just like, what? It was the scariest thing ever. You turned him into this. Um, but so you uh, had not you had not known uh about I didn't even know Boothby. who it was. Oh, that's so, so now that I see wild. it, I still don't think that it's a good idea. I think it's <laughs> but right. I do like this version of the character. Oh, of course. Come yeah. on. You have acquired an interest over the years. Well, don't plant them too deep. The stems will... Will rot. That's right, Mr. Spicoli. Captain Picard. <laughs> of the Enterprise, no less. And giving the commencement address. You sound surprised. Surprised? Uh-uh. Nothing you ever did surprised me, son. Except that time you caught that Ligonian with a reverse body lift and pinned him in the first 14 seconds of the match... Didn't think you had it in you. Well, it was all in the legs. All that running I did. <laughs> you know, what's interesting about this, Andy. Yes. Uh, hindsight being 2020. Mm-hmm. This feels uh, very much a little bit like the Picard of Picard. Sort of in- where he's like saying to Boothby you meant a lot to me I'm not an emotional person but let me tell you that's fair you know I think uh, it, it makes more sense now some of the Picard stuff I don't know if I have agree this fresh in your brain I don't know if I agree with that because I think the the characterization the the choice itself is fine but the way that the information always comes out of those kinds of choices in terms of the dialogue and the the performance is always off to me. Whereas this feels like someone who's communicating a certain, like I've changed as a person. I understand it's years late. Let's not, I feel like I'm going, I'm slipping and sliding back into the (laughs) the complaints, but I just feel like it's, it just doesn't, it didn't feel synthesized to be Picard, whereas this is him making that choice in the way you're saying. And it's like, this feels like in line with someone who has progressed to a different perspective, but is still the guy we know. Mm. It's still under control. Interesting. Boothby. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I ever, I don't think I ever told you. How much I appreciate. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to tell. Yes, there is. You can see where Picard gets it from. I, I just wanted to. Which, while which I was aspect? Here. <laughs> uh, emotion makes him uncomfortable, and he starts walking away. 
well as I do. I would never have graduated if you you made a mistake. There isn't a man among us who hasn't been young enough to make one. Nevertheless, you did what you had to do. You did what you thought was best. I just made sure that you listened to yourself. At the time, I thought you were a, a mean-spirited, vicious old man. I was. And by the way, I was about the same age you are now. Do we know what it is? The thing. Oh, what? Do we know what the issue is? I don't remember if it's revealed in this. Not in this, no. Okay. But we find out later? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but I know it's not in this. Okay. You needed to get your bearings. I knew that. The important thing is what you did with your life afterwards. Seems you did okay. That's thanks enough for me. Did you know the boy from Nova Squadron who was killed? He was Josh Albert? Yeah. Crusher? Hazard? Sito? Locarno? I know them all. I'm a Martian, you know. <laughs> Perhaps your you favorite. See my antenna come out of my head? <laughs> You nervous? No. Yes. <laughs> That's okay, so am I. But we're gonna be all right. We've got some tough times ahead, but we've always come through for each other. The uh, Bajoran. Uh, I don't. Is this a spoiler? Hmm. <laughs> she is a Bajoran. I know that. Yes. But I guess I know that from Rome. Maybe I won't spoil it. Okay. That's fair, fair enough. Whatever happens, I want you all to know that leading this team has been the high point of my years at the Academy. No one could have asked for a better team. Or better friends. Let's go. Let's go out there and lie our asses off. <laughs> go, go, go. At this point, we accelerated and executed a starboard turn of 27 degrees. We came out of the turn on course for Titan. And you were still in the lead position? Yes, sir. Continue. As we enter Titan's gravitational sphere, I gave the signal to tighten up and move into a diamond slot formation. Remaining in the diamond formation, we executed a low apogee turn around Titan and began a Z plus 25 degree climb in preparation for a Jaeger loop. Approximately nine seconds later, Cadet Albert's ship collided with Cadet Hazar's. We had less than two seconds to activate our emergency transporters and beam to the evac stations at Mimas. Everyone made it except Josh. Thank you, Mr. Locarno. So handsome, young Paris. Cadet Hajar. As team navigator, you filed a flight plan with the Academy Range Officer before the exercise, correct? Yes, sir. Did Nova Squadron deviate from that flight plan after you entered the Saturn Range? No, sir. And how do you explain the fact that the low apogee turn around Titan was at least 2,000 kilometers closer to the moon than indicated in your plan? We were still within flight safety parameters, sir. 
That was not my question, cadet. Oh, man. I would just expel her immediately. For not answering the question. How dare you? That wasn't yeah, was pretty, even the question. Did I say annoying. was it within fucking safety parameters? <laughs> They're all terrible liars except for Paris. That's <laughs> <Or laughs> so true. Um, all right. I, I'm trying to figure here. out like what else it is in this that we really need to. Uh, eh, let's get the Vulcan cross examination. Always good. Oh, by the way, that that one I have a, uh, a claim no, for fame. You do? Yeah. Oh, this might be the biggest Secunda claim to fame episode <laughs> of all time. Secunda's claim to fame. I know uh, something big. I know him as uh, as Mr. Lipman in Seinfeld. Seinfeld's a big one for this oh. era. Oh, Mr. Lipman. I think I think Elaine worked for him, or definitely had some versions. But wasn't Mister Lipman the story. one who ate his Snickers with a knife and fork? Are Are you thinking of the of Jay Hoberman or no? The, that's Jay Peterman. Yeah, Jay Peterman. Lipman, I thought was the old guy. Uh, no, not that guy. That's a different guy. I don't know if she worked for him. Um, I can look it up. I'm sure someone huh. will tell us. I mean, look, you know him something big. Seinfeld's pretty big. It doesn't really fit the second claim to fame I like, which is things that are only big to Andy. <laughs> you already got your fix with, uh, with Time Rider. You were in the tailed position. Therefore, you should have seen any sign of trouble from Cadet Albert. And you saw nothing? That is correct, sir. Did your attention falter? No, sir. He I was seems real, real snotty for, a, for a Vulcan, by the way. Oh, no. He's just being a Vulcan. Consummate. Visual contact with Cadet Albert's ship when he broke formation. Also, he's being a good cross-examiner because he knows full well that she was flying without only on sensors. For sure. But is does the attitude, if you have that kind of attitude... You really expect us to believe this? If you're really using that tone, is that very Vulcan-y? Unless you're choosing logically to use it. Look, I think if he was talking to a Vulcan, that Vulcan Uh wouldn't really expect them to believe that. Do you know what I mean? mean? Like, so his inquisitiveness is really like, are you shitting me right now? Yeah, but a Vulcan wouldn't say, are you shitting me right now? Or have that attitude. He would just Are you slowly pick full of your shit, argument. cadet? <laughs> he would say, may I ask you a question? Are you full of shit right now? Wait. Say it like that. Mm, cadet, I'm having trouble picking up what you're putting down. Looking at the various objective pieces of information in front of us, may I ask, are you full of shit? I love the it whole seems only sensor logical. readings. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> What's wrong? Well, it's unusual to fly on sensors alone during this type of maneuver. A pilot relies on visual clues from the other ships to maintain formation. This bell does everything. You were flying on <laughs> sensors alone. I also use it to let people know that dinner is ready. <laughs> Perhaps you could tell us the orientation of his ship before the collision. I don't know, sir. You were flying a ship. Traveling 80,000 kph with Cadet Albert's ship less than 10 meters away and you don't know what his orientation was? I don't remember, sir. Sir, may I? 
Go ahead. Admiral. Josh was a good pilot. But lately he'd been having difficulties. He'd get nervous during close flybys. And- <laughs> I'm laughing at Commander Albert. Cut away. Number nine. <laughs> oh no, I lost the page. Eyes and hop back in here. Pull away in the final. There we go. Final seconds. His formation flying was a little erratic. And you didn't report this to anyone? No, sir. I didn't. We'd flown together a long time. I thought he could handle it if I gave him a chance. I was wrong. Then you are saying that the accident was Cadet Albert's fault. I think Josh got frightened and tried to pull out of the turn prematurely and then crashed into Cadet Hajar. Josh was our friend. We didn't want him to be remembered as someone who panicked. Please be seated. I am very disturbed by what I have heard here today. By your own admission, you allowed your teammate to fly when you knew he was having difficulties maintaining formation. That demonstrates a serious lack of judgment. I love how Picard is already side-eyeing everyone. It's like, I'm not buying this. <laughs> you should have seen when Wesley I... told us to leave his room. I mean, it was totally weird. <laughs> he had a door handle, if that's what they're called. I don't <laughs> even know. That itself is suspicious. Never seen something like that. I'm oh, sorry. Wait, what was the... Uh... Oh, yeah. They'll resume it 1,300 hours tomorrow. Picard's like, fuck this. I'm going to talk to the two smartest guys I know. Of analysis labs in Starfleet. I'm not sure there's much we could contribute to the investigation. Yes, I may well be. But Wesley's one of our own. Understood, sir. We'll get right on it. Good. I've spoken with Admiral Brand, and she's agreed to allow us access to all of the physical evidence and testimony. Thank you, gentlemen. You shouldn't have said it, Nick. Josh wasn't responsible for what happened. I had to do something. You said that we weren't gonna have to lie to them. We all agreed not to lie to them. I didn't lie. Everything I said was the truth. The accident was not Josh's fault. Look, he was my friend too, Wes. I worked to get him on this team, but the truth is he panicked. We don't know that. Of course we do. None of us has wanted to say it out loud, but we've all had the same thought. Haven't we? He must have pulled away too soon. I think he got scared. So he just like inceptioned them. Yeah. Into thinking. It's pretty impressive. That Josh pulled away too soon. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it, he really, they should have, uh, they should have said that he was some kind of, uh, one of those, one of those betazoids. <laughs> they should reveal he's one of those betazoids who control people's emotions and thoughts. He really is uh, some. Like I don't know if it's, if, is he charismatic or is it like? Just good at manipulation. 
Yes, very good. I mean, it is. it kind of does leave you with the feeling of like, pointed in the right direction, he would be a great leader. He clearly has led them to great successes, and then he just overreached in this situation. I mean, it, it turns out that when he changes his name to Paris, things get better for him. <laughs> Might as well turn in our uniforms and start packing our bags. Are we ready for that? Also, it would have made total sense that he starts out here and he's on top of his the top of the world. He's like a star in, in Starfleet Academy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he loses it all and it turns him into the kind of whiny <laughs> complainer that <laughs> and just sort of someone who's so sour and bitter like Paris is most of the time. Paris sour and bitter. I can't wait to look for that in the next watch. The first night I met you, Wes, I knew I wanted you on this squad. You, more than any of the rest, would understand what it means to be able to count on someone. Plus, you flew those big ships, you know? <laughs> you can fly a big ship. You can fly that, 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 the Enterprise. That's huge. <laughs> so many more things you could bump into with I that mean, thing. You, 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 think about it. Like, uh, you flew it. You know you've got to be able to count on the people on your team because your life is in their hands. And their lives are in yours. We made a promise to each other right in the beginning that we'd stick together. We were Nova Squadron. Nobody else could say that. And even after we graduated, we tried to get posted on the same duty. We were going to be a team for a long time. Josh can't be a part of those plans anymore. But I think he would still want us to be a team. What do you think? I think he'd want to be alive. (laughs) Is that an option? Can I say that one? Uh... Oh, this scene, man. Heartbreaking. Bringing the jacket back and... Oh. It was a sweater. It was a classic hey. Wesley sweater. Yes. I found this That's movie. what I love. That he's like, uh, you, you must have left this incredibly ugly sweater in my son's he room. He <laughs> used to say you'd help him with, your, with the academics and wear terrible sweaters. I assume this was yours. <laughs> he used to comment on it frequently. He couldn't understand why you would wear these. Ski trip. It's also on a ski trip. Josh and I went to Calgary. Again with the skiing. Wesley loves skiing. You told me you helped him with his classes. A little. He only needed help in statistical mechanics. Josh had a weakness. It was mathematics. No, he could do it. He just didn't like to. His mother and I thought he'd never get out of calculus. Then he found out what the academy entrance requirements were like. That turned him around. He stayed after class. Got a tutor. Really worked hard. Never gave up on anything. And he had a lot of respect for you. Except for that maneuver, he gave up too early on that maneuver. I can't believe my son caused this. I mean, it's just brutal. 
<laughs> this is a good turn for Wesley, I think. But he still goes through with the lie. I think it like I think we should have like I don't know. Eh, maybe you don't flip those scenes. I think it's in the right place. I have some yeah, I have some thoughts later for when we Please get to the tell me stuff. your thoughts. No, and it's not on it's 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 I'll save it for later, but it is it's about the things that turn Wesley in the mm. in the episode. Mm. Well, I mean, part of them is we've got sensor readings, you dumb shit. Yeah. You're in the Earth's solar system. Of course, we've got satellites everywhere. Would you describe what happened after you left orbit of Titan? Once we cleared the moon, Mr. Lacarno led us into a Jaeger loop. Approximately nine seconds later, my proximity alarm went off. I tried to veer away, but it was too late, and I was hit. I lost control of my ship. A power coupling exploded in my cockpit. I don't know how, but I managed to activate my escape transporter. And the next thing I remember is finding myself on the emergency evac station on Mimas with the rest of the squadron, except Josh. He was dead. <laughs> Josh was already dead. Then. Add to your testimony. No, sir. I just yes. want to tell everyone in this courtroom. I have some Mr. bad Crusher. news about Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you being the admiral at that point, or are you being yes, Wesley? I'm being the admiral. I see. I see. Except this time, I actually have something terrible to say. <laughs> a Jaeger loop. <laughs> the ships begin in a diamond slot formation. I'm demonstrating with my hands. And climb and loop backwards at a steep angle. And at the peak of the loop, turn over and accelerate in a new direction. Mr. Crusher, did your team remain in formation throughout the loop? Yes, sir. I want you to be absolutely clear on this point, Mr. Crusher. Before the collision, was Nova Squadron in a diamond slot formation? Yes, sir. Computer, display Saturn Navcon file 6-379. These images were obtained from a navigational control satellite in orbit around Saturn during a standard sensor sweep. Computer, freeze image. Magnify sector gamma 3 and enhance. Whoa, did you see the Klingon in the background? Oh, no. Another Klingon in Starfleet there. Hang on. Control satellite in orbit around Saturn during a standard sensor sweep. I was just here for the snack bar. Now it's a she. Look at that. Oh, wow. Behind Beverly. Oh, huh. I, wish, I wish that was Belana Torres. Magnify sector great. gamma three and enhance. I don't understand why this evidence doesn't weigh more heavily against them. <laughs> why it's like, oh, well, I guess we got to let you off at a certain point. It's like, you're proving that something terrible has happened. Well, you know, it's... They are just in a different formation, you know, uh, Admiral's advocate here. Uh, they're just in a different formation than described. They don't know that they're doing a culvert starburst or attempting it. But they, he just he just told them that they were in a diamond slot formation, and uh, then they showed. Well, the- if you listen to the actually what he's saying, he's telling the truth. You were in a diamond slot formation before the crash. Yes, right. 
I didn't say how long before the right. crash. I know. So, but it's still like, I mean, I guess she says it at the end that that it's like obviously something suspicious happened yeah. here, and we can't prove anything. But it feels like this would be proof of something. Yeah. Like, and then when he has when he when she point blank asks him, and he says, "I don't have one," or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, it's actually a genius way to feel this in a diamond slot formation. No, sir. What is your explanation, Mr. Crusher? I have none, sir. Josh's ghost must have messed with the logs. (laughs) (laughs) Murmur, 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 murmur. Are there ghosts? (laughs) (laughs) My explanation is that... What you are seeing on the screen now must be from a video game and not us. Um, oh, and then poor Beverly is like trying to be like, don't worry, we'll get through this because something's obviously wrong with the data. Yeah. Everything's going to be okay, Wesley. There must be an explanation for all of this. Data and Geordi are already analyzing the flight recorder and the satellite transmission. Why? Well, there must be something wrong with the satellite data. It might have been tampered with. Mom. Well, there must be some explanation for this. I know you're telling the truth, but the satellite data made it look as if you were lying. <laughs> I've spoken with the other parents. I am going to talk to Admiral... They all think that you did something wrong, but I said they're assholes. (laughs) We think it's very suspicious that you keep kicking me out of your dorm. (laughs) Don't. You can't do that. I'm not going to let them ruin your career, Wesley. You haven't done anything wrong. Mom. Don't try to protect me. Please stay out of this. Uh, okay. All right, Andy. Let's watch some weeds get pulled. The old-fashioned way. At the place that still has doorknobs. Everything's old at Starfleet Academy. (laughs) Especially the gardeners. Hi. Hi, Matt Myra, Television Zone. The weeds keep popping up in the pit of sport. Television is ashamed to have you as you are. Use a good herbicide instead of pulling the weeds with your bare hands. Mm -hmm. By the way, the fact that he says herbicide. Oh, that Patrick Stewart. Boy, (laughs) can he talk. Anglophile Matt Myra loves it. On a holodeck (laughs) instead of a starship. Boothbit, tell me some more about Nova Squadron. Not going well, is it? No, it isn't. You remember the Paris... A little chilly out there. We got a little Patrick Stewart hot breath. I know, I noticed that. Must have been a first thing in the morning shoot. Yeah, how odd. Where where could they have been shooting in Los Angeles? I guess it might have been cold in the early Isn't that at the... uh, Seemed like the sun was high, though. The gardens in Pasadena? Yeah, is it cold there? I thought it was. I mean... No, it's not. I mean, it could oh. be cold. It's cold sometimes. Sure, we can look it up. Look, they should. this aired in March. Let's do our own TV math. This aired okay. in March. 
So it probably shot in December. Yeah, so it would have been cold. Or early January. Before. The final game against Minsk. It took me three weeks to repair the grounds after the celebration. We had a lot to celebrate. Our team wasn't supposed to win. We were very proud of them. Well, the cadets today are just as proud of the Nova Squadron. The celebration they held after Nova won the Rigel Cup made 24 look like a dinner party. To the other cadets, the members of that team are gods. And that's a hard image to live up to. But Nick Lacarno, he watches out for them. He keeps them together. Nick is what makes that team special. He's their coach, surrogate father, and best friend all in one. A natural leader. The members of that team love him. If he asks them to do something, they do it. Even if it means going right over a cliff. That's all you need. Enjoy the next scene. I'm leaving. We do Oops. Know- okay, so let's see. Picard's just had some booth beat him, and now he's gonna go hit up his boys in main engineering, Commander Data and Commander LaForge, the coolest dudes in Starfleet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting is they he kind of presented it originally as though it was as though it was like I'm I'm we're doing this because he's one of our own and we're going to help him. But it seems I, like I, he would have had enough information to be really highly suspicious of him at that point. I think so he's he, kind of just asking I him to he, dig in and prove he's a liar. No, I don't think he was. I think he was hoping they would find something that would put him at ease. Uh-huh, right. And help That's, Wesley. Yeah, okay. Because I think he was like, eh, a little suspicious. I don't like the way he ushered me out of his dorm room. I am a captain. Yeah. Uh, but then... <laughs> Funny we kept talking about that. I mean, he just... I'm Captain Picard, and he just, he just walked me out. I mean, and can you get over it? I, I just can't. keep going back to it in my head. I certainly I can't get it. over it. <laughs> Beverly, your son ushered me out of the room. Me, of all people. <laughs> I had to touch a doorknob. <laughs> Report. Nothing conclusive. We do know that the collision occurred about four seconds after the satellite images were recorded. By the way, this was a great week for LeVar Burton. Shows up, shoots this one day. Uh, <laughs> whenever, whenever actors complain about not having that much in the show, I'm just like, you I just don't understand. You got paid your regular paycheck <laughs> to show up and say seven lines. <laughs> Look, I don't think I don't think uh, Lavar is complaining. I think we're he looking does. back at this now and we're like, oof, what a week. Speaking of great weeks, what about fucking Troy's week? She oh, had yeah. half a Troy, day. Troy has many. She has ongoing great weeks. Ugh. But we still don't know how the ships got into the new formation. Or By why the way, though. Data's fucked. <laughs> like Brent Spiner had to be in so many episodes where he was just sitting there because you gotta have Data sitting there and not like even be part of the action. <laughs> no, I mean there are episodes where we don't even see him. Like there's like a one or two episodes where he's not even in it. Generally speaking, though, isn't he always at ops even if he's not the main part of the action? No, I mean sometimes they do 
sometimes they're past that plane, you know, yeah. they're in front of where ops would be and you're just looking at the horseshoe or sometimes it's like. They had to cover it though. I don't think they did. I think they fucking knew what they were shooting. It's film. You have to. And that'd be crazy. They must have shot a master. A master is here's inside no, baseball. No, they didn't. I don't think they did. Because a master is the whole sort of scene before I, that you shoot first. I don't think they did a lot because they start on very specific shots. That'd be crazy if they didn't. Three different computational models in an effort to simulate the movements of the Nova Squadron just prior to the crash. There are just too many variables to take into consideration. Speed, attitude, course. Did Wesley's flight recorder indicate that there was anything unusual about the ship or the way it was operating? Or maybe Lacano? Was he lying? <laughs> anything pointed However, to However, it that was well within operation young limits. man lying through his teeth. <laughs> Look, here's the deal. I think he's lying and that other fellow's making him lie. Also, they <laughs> ushered me out of the dorm room. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that. You did, sir. It was in every briefing we've had since we've been it orbiting just Earth. Really? If you know what, while you, while you're at it, can you make a model of that that moment for me so I can run run it through in my head? Because I just can't get over it. There must have been something I was missing. Why we, would he walk me? We cut out to of a, a room? scene. He's on the holodeck, having recreated it, and he keeps walking. I was here. He's walking around. Of it was a slightly holod- off. I looked much more pleasant than you have me in this hologram. <laughs> Holodeck recreation. Uh, Fluidic pressure in the landing struts was low, but I don't know what difference that would make. We did find that Wesley opened his coolant interlock just before beginning the maneuver around Titan. By the way, I like that Picard is a pilot. And is sure. like, yeah, well, he, he can put all this stuff together. It's great. I like that. That is a bit unusual. Normally the interlock is closed unless you're performing a check on the engine coolant levels. But there's no evidence that Wesley was performing that sort of a check. Filling the primary coolant tanks requires an open interlock, but that can only be performed in a maintenance bay. Is there any other reason for opening the valve? Well, it's the first step in purging the plasma exhaust. That procedure would be extremely hazardous while the ship was in flight. Yeah, the engine would probably ignite the plasma. Ignite the plasma. That's exactly what they were trying to do. Zoom in. Oh, shit. Track in, track in. By the way, uh, <laughs> hilarious. The act break is ignite the plasma. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There are a lot of act breaks in this where, they're, where they play music or they track this, you know, into a close-up, and you have no idea what's going on. They're pretending that you know what's going on. <laughs> they're like, you must get this. You like Star Trek, right? <laughs> Come on, ignite the plasma, right? Yeah, that'd be know. crazy, right? Well, why would he do that? that that, obs- that obscure stunt that someone did a hundred years ago at Starfleet. Come on, um, and and we enter what I consider one of Picard's great Picard speeches. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it sounded very familiar, which makes me think it must be parodied a lot. It's not that it's parodied a lot; it's that it's in the uh, song. The Captain oh, Picard song. Yeah, that must be it. Yes, the, the song has been played on this on this podcast. Oh yeah, I before. mean, I can play it as many times as I want. You just kept talking. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> it's a great song, everybody. 
This was released on the internet in September of 2006. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think I'm going to catch a, catch a lot of flack for this. I believe that this song represents Star Trek humor in a negative way. <laughs> I think it's trying to stand above Star Trek humor, and I think it is Star Trek humor. What do you, what do you mean? I don't think it's... I think I most think comedy in Star Trek, putting Michael Dorn aside, who, and, and much of Brent Spiner's work... Um, is uh, is not uh, what uh, real hard comedy is, and I kind of put the song in there. Oh yeah, no, I don't think it's. I don't think it exists to be funny. It, I think it exists. It? Isn't it, no, isn't I think it, it exists to be? to be delightful. All right. Well, if it's just supposed to be delightful, then I withdraw my commentary. <laughs> Matt is bopping along. He can't get enough. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just endlessly delighted. He can't get enough. Make it so. I tried to steer away to not hear. I know. <laughs> and you you willfully ignored me. You'll have to call again. I'm just leaving. I'm uh, not dressed properly. My, my, my love is... Anyway, that was when doors uh, didn't have handles. Anyway. Okay, here we go. The good old Wesley dress down. Captain. Oh, no. My computer decided to not play it. There we go. Can you tell me what this maneuver is? No. It's a Colbert Starburst, sir. Five ships crossing within 10 meters of each other and igniting their plasma trails. I wish he had been like, yes, I can, but I choose not to. <laughs> One of the most just as spectacular and difficult demonstrations in precision flying. And it hasn't been performed at the Academy for over 100 years. Do you know why? It was banned by the Academy following a training accident, sir. An accident in which all five cadets lost their lives. I think that Nicholas Locarno wanted to end his Academy career in a blaze of glory. And that he convinced the four of you to learn the Colvard Starburst for the commencement demonstration. If it worked, it would thrill the assembled guests. And Lacano would graduate as a living legend. Only it didn't work. And Joshua Albert paid the price. Am I correct? This is uh, just, I mean, Patrick Stewart is so good in this scene. Yeah. I just, every hint of disappointed father possible is in this along with fucking king starfleet yeah just stern stern mentor too he's like because he's not angry he's disappointed that's 
the truth. Also, he's also just being firm. He's, you know. He'd be such a good dad. He's saying this is not up to par of of what I expect from you. Of or anyone, I guess. Well, especially Wesley, though. Mm, mostly. Cadet, Wesley. I asked you a question. Am I correct? I choose not to answer, sir. There you go. <laughs> you choose not to answer. Oh, he's losing his mind here. Oh, Patrick Stewart. He's into First, it. First you walk me out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> You've already given an answer to the inquiry. Right up to his face. That answer was a lie. I said the accident occurred after the loop. It did. What you neglected to mention was that following the loop, your team attempted a maneuver that was the direct cause of the crash. You told the truth up to a point. But a lie of omission is still a lie. Is that true? Yes. According to Captain Picard, which means it's the truth. (laughs) remember the first day you came aboard this ship? Live omission isn't always a lie. Yes, sir. You even sat in my chair. I was annoyed. Presumptuous child playing on my ship. But I never forgot how you already knew every control, every display. You behaved as though you belonged on the bridge. And then later, when I decided to make you an acting ensign, I was convinced you could be an outstanding officer, and I never questioned that conviction. Until now. The first duty of every Starfleet officer is to the truth, whether it's scientific truth, or historical truth, or personal truth. It is the guiding principle on which Starfleet is based. If you can't find it within yourself to stand up and tell the truth about what happened, you don't deserve to wear that uniform. I'm going to make this simple for you, Mr. Crusher. Either you come forward and tell Admiral Brand what really took place, or I will. Captain. Dismissed. Oh. Rarely do we get to hear Captain Picard dismissing people so hard. For sure. Oh, um, so, okay, I, I have it. a lot of things. I love or it. I have two things. Not so a lot. Much. Some things. You have a cat. Um, you have a cat. If thing. anyone's hearing Omar, it's not a cat in your engine bay. <laughs> it's Omar. Do you hear his purring? He's, he's I don't, on... but they might. They definitely do now. He's sitting on my lap, having a high old time. He ran away. He didn't want to be part of the podcast. <laughs> and I don't blame him. Um, this takes so... too long. I'm leaving. <laughs> Are you guys still talking about this? Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was light out when you started. <laughs> uh, you got to cut the hails. Can you cut the hails? <laughs> Can you just make it a different part of the show? That's my uh, recommendation. What if we separated it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, one, obviously, yes, you're 100% right. Just... Just a clinic of great acting. Just so good. And so, and just like, he's clearly like, you don't see his his joy, but just uh, how, how how must an actor feel? Like, look at a thing, a, a scene like that, and then he's like going to dig in and play it like this beautiful symphony with different levels and stick the landing. Just amazing. So obviously agreed 100%. Beyond that, um, he's the the statement. Uh, the the first order of any Starfleet officer. Uh, in the first, first duty is, of every huh? Starfleet officer the is duty to of the every, truth. Every Starfleet officer. 
the first duty is mm-hmm. to the truth. Yes. Is that true? Yeah, seems scientific like, truth, seems historical like you're truth. You're sort of putting that above responsibility to your friends or to your your fellow Starfleet officers, which well, in this case would be Lacarno and these other people. No, what are they doing out there? What is Starfleet doing out there? They're looking. They're exploring, but I don't know that that's yes. necessarily ec- the the exact uh, uh, equivalent of the truth. It is canonical. That the first duty is to the truth, because Patrick Stewart said it in this episode. <laughs> well, wait a minute now. If I look on Memory Alpha... <laughs> what is the first the duty of every Starfleet officer? <laughs> in Search, the if you, episode, you, you, the you would type in, type in the truth, <laughs> and you'll have an article in Memory Alpha that will say... <laughs> The truth. This is the first duty of every Starfleet officer. This is so far-fetched. I'm going to do it and just make sure that it doesn't say that. It would be so amazing. Truth serum, truth, the truth elusive, the truth of... And no, it doesn't... If I just put the truth... I would love it. <laughs> I really, God, I hope there's an article on Memory Alpha to the truth. I don't know how. I, I assume Memory Alpha yeah. is uh, user supported, user generated, like Wikipedia. So if anyone out there wants to add of what I would consider a fair Memory Alpha article, yeah valid uh, as 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 valid as most other things are they put up there yeah. an article to the truth <laughs> well <laughs> it, it doesn't doesn't have it even under uh under um under first duty i was hoping first duty would be a separate entry <laughs> it's the first duty of a starfleet officer uh but whatever the case um I certainly agree with you that it is now canon because Patrick Stewart says it, but I guess I questioned it. He says it with such authority, it's hard to argue with, but I question that, like, that would be the first duty of a Starfleet officer? It feels like they would have other... To protect life, for instance? I think if you are following the truth, then all the other things should fall into place behind that. Well, I find it questionable. I mean, it just is the first the duty, tr- not re- as, not as the one reality. Of the, things. the reality is, had they told the truth and done their duty, yeah, the flight operations board would have been like, "No, you can't. This is not a flight plant. You're not doing a culvert starburst. I don't care if you want to be remembered, but it is yeah. banned." But by that token, there's a million things that every captain has done that are against the rules or that are, you know, hiding something from Starfleet that the are the truth? right things to do. Yeah, to that against are their personal truth? Well, there you're getting into a muddy area because it's I like... I am not. I am in the, the, wiki, the Memory Alpha article for the truth. And it, it says here... <laughs> it was Lacarno's personal truth and he was the commander. Yeah, but he felt you like can't, this was the right but thing to you do. You can't fucking is it then? But the, does then lying to the admiral and to the board is that then the right thing to do? Well, no, that's it's very I'm cut and dry. I've sure. never I'm seen. A, I've that, never seen a gray area in this, Andy. 
I'm not arguing. Why that does he's... your dark cloud have to follow the Enterprise? <laughs> I'm not arguing that they're in the right. I'm arguing that I don't buy the truth being their primary duty as Starfleet officers. But uh, whatever the case, uh, how would you argue with Captain because Picard? They lie. they lie to Starfleet on various occasions to, when to pursue what Picard... they believe is the right thing. When? By oh, the way, I they don't, don't lie. I I they don't. say they they will be like tell the admiral that we'll be there in a, about an hour. I don't believe that they just bend the truth. I believe that they if, certainly if you're defining not telling the truth as any act of any uh, act of omission of the truth, they certainly lied at Starfleet. Look, I think Patrick Stewart is correct. Display. I mean, how can you argue with this? I'm going to play it again. And then later, when I decided to hear the song, I was convinced you could be an outstanding officer, and I never questioned that conviction until now. The first duty of every Starfleet officer is to the truth, whether it's scientific truth or historical truth or personal truth. It is the guiding principle on which Starfleet is based. If you can't find it within yourself to stand up and tell the truth about what happened, you don't deserve to wear that uniform. I'm going to make this simple for you, Mr. Crusher. Either you come forward... Also, he's not doing it. This is not like a moment where omitting is for the greater good of a race or... Sure. Well, that's why they're in the wrong. It's selfish. I'm not arguing that it's not selfish and they're not in the wrong. I'm just arguing that I don't know if I buy... Telling the truth is the primary duty of a Starfleet Not officer. telling the truth. That's not what he says. <laughs> its first duty is to the truth. To the truth. Whether it's scientific truth, which you could, you know, if your mission is yeah, to seek out new he, life and new civilizations, you're out there he, seeking the truth. He and to boldly go where no one... It is globalized. Yes, of I course. Am, I am questioning it. It's not engraved on the, a granite plaque at Starfleet. <laughs> If that's I'm what your question it because is. Because he is saying, well, it's good. it should be on Memory Alpha. Um, I'm saying, I'm, I'm questioning it because he states it as emphatically as it is the first duty of a Starfleet officer, and that is what they title the episode. So it's like they're leaning on it real hard. But also, by the way, I don't know, maybe in the Starfleet version of the Hippocratic Oath, it's literally like our duty is to the truth. To the Based betterment on this phraseology, of all. I would agree with you. I guess I just question. So let's it. pretend. Let's pretend that that's written somewhere. Okay. Then do you have a problem with the scene? Uh, well, then I question why that is the case. In there is canon. no pleasing you, Mister Bond. That's really my main point. It's not my main point. Is I'm not questioning that Patrick Stewart or Picard <laughs> is telling the truth in the scene. I'm not suggesting that he's lying. Although that would be another interesting theory. Mm. Um. I'm questioning whether that should be the first duty. <laughs> what like should the first pres- duty be? Preserving life? That's that's the Hippocratic Oath. Uh-huh. You're thinking of the doctors on the ship. Something about morality beyond just the truth? Is there morality beyond the truth? Yes. You can preserve someone's life. You can protect someone's feelings. You can, but then you would be following your personal truth. Yeah, it's the global, you know, the global phraseology of the truth, which is why he 
expounds on that by saying personal truth, historical truth, scientific truth. Uh-huh. Yeah, he widened it out. He's not like... you. Sh- the first duty of every Starfleet officer is to not tell a lie. <laughs> That's uh, not what he's saying. I don't know. Yeah, he did, he added a bunch of stuff onto it to make it like sound like it was more. But really, all he says is is the duty of scientific um, discovery to tell the truth in that, and that's, in my opinion, still widening he out says the definition personal of telling truth, the truth. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Personal truth. Yeah. I'll play it you're, again. You're saying you're, you're just not hearing it. How are you not hearing it? First duty of <laughs> no, I understand. I heard it. The truth. I hey, heard it. Hang on. They could be sub memory alpha pages for each of the following. <laughs> scientific truth. Scientific truth gets a sub sub page. Or historical truth. Historical truth. Sub page. Or personal truth. Personal truth. Sub page. Guiding principle on which Starfleet is paid even another page there's like four pages of memory alpha in here yeah, no, this is this is all a bunch of of smoke and mirrors to cover for the fact that truth doesn't cover all of the things that you're implying that it covers and i understand the personal truth you could say is well you must follow what is your personal decision that you feel is morally uh, uh upstanding but so i understand that you could that, widen it out to that but i don't think based what on what saying? It Don't you feels think that's what he's saying? He's a little song because it's very personal, me. right? It's personal. This conversation he's having is per- he could fucking call Locarno up uh-huh. to the ready room if he wanted to. He's Captain Picard. What does that have to do with anything? I'm just saying he could have this conversation with anyone on uh-huh. Red Squad, but he, uh-huh. or Nova Squad. He's having it because he's having it with Wesley because he knows Wesley. And he uh-huh. is person like Wesley isn't being truthful with himself in this episode. Every turn, Wesley is doubting what they're doing. Well, he's not. I mean, he's he knows what he wants to do. You're saying which is he's, to tell he's, the truth, which he's is not his, lying to himself. No, he's yeah, no, lying I know. other people, which he doesn't want to do. I agree. So what? Picard is saying is like don't be covering for people and going against what you know is the way you should be behaving yeah I mean I know that's where he's trying to get him I don't know that I feel like that's as loaded in the meaning of what the speech is I mean, look, you can argue with Ron Moore all you want. I think he's a pretty good writer. <laughs> Did he write this one? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. I think he it's knows a great what he's episode. doing. I'm certainly not debating that. Um, well, I, feel I like think you're... what you're debating is how one defines truth. <laughs> uh, I'm debating, yes, I guess I am. But the, that it's not as, I think, I understand that it can be as global. I am saying I feel like it feels like a little bit of a reach to get to that the truth he would tell is also the truth that is the primary goal, uh, no, is the primary no, duty of anyone saying. at Starfleet. Huh? That's, he's not saying that telling the truth is that's, the primary goal. What he's saying is 
the truth is the primary goal. Finding the truth. Either, you know, the scientific truth, I keep pinging back to that because that sentence, that part of it is what makes the whole thing function for me. It's that is genuinely what they're out there doing. They're explorers. They're all scientists. They're all trying to discover the truth. Science ultimately is the quest for the truth. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, you're, you're not wrong that the, that the, uh, that every, that everything can be crammed into that, that phrase. I guess I'm saying, I think it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors to make everything fit the word, the truth. I don't know that that is the primary goal of Starfleet, but I do accept that including in that definition um, personal truth, which you could argue is the primary goal because you you would hope that every individual Starfleet officer's personal truth is to be on the side of good and justice and helping the universe, that that, that would be the primary goal. But it's somewhat vague in that area it's not a specific thing the primary starfleet as they always say they're not a military they're an exploratory branch Uh uh-huh i I just want to alert everyone i was done with this conversation 10 minutes ago so at this point if you're irritated it's not on me (laughs) go ahead all i'm saying is they're an exploratory branch that seeks the truth in science uh-huh. And exploration. Yes. And the betterment of all species. But the betterment of all species doesn't fit truth. Unless that happens to be your personal truth. But don't they share knowledge with everyone that they can? Like, but this is assuming you're, you're past the you're warp sort of, barrier. You're sort of reverse engineering from betterment to the word truth. And I think betterment also could be many things other than sharing knowledge. I guess my question to you is, what (laughs) to you, Andy, Secunda, what to you is the first duty of every Starfleet officer? Um, I feel like betterment might be closer. I feel like something about respecting and preserving life i think something but again uh, i, I would that, argue that that's more of a medical branch situation that's I mean, more of frankly, starfleet medical to, well to me that's included though but the, but it, it but part of my part of my thing of why i reacted to this is it seems like they would have many different things and it would be difficult to establish what the literal yeah, first duty would be but it's like the voice like when you're a boy scout and you take the oath and it's just like the oath has a bunch of things in it, but uh, yeah. Trust, but would you describe them all as the first? Trustworthy duty? is the first thing in the oath. Uh huh. So Very ironic. If Captain Picard was <laughs> was yelling at me and was saying as when I when I was a boy, and he was like, "The first duty of every scout is, you know, to be trustworthy." Blah 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 blah. Uh-huh. Then I'd be like, okay. And then I would be like, well, yes, Andy. Yes, trustworthy is the first thing we say. But the oath encompasses all these other things. I guess your problem is that they don't sit down and read the Starfleet Guide to Duty. <laughs> is that what it is? Uh, 
I don't. You're you're trying to minimize my point. And no, my no, point, I'm asking you what the bump is. The like, bump is or that rather, I don't. Not what the if bump. You're I know what your bump literally, is. I know what your that bump the is. The first duty of a Starfleet officer is truth. I question whether that would be specifically right. the first duty. Like that, it seems like so. You it do it is, many different things. Your question, is, your problem is the semantics of what <laughs> the duties of a Starfleet officer are in whatever oath they take at graduation or whatever. Well, you're making light of it, but the no. But name, I'm literally asking. It, he says it firmly, and the title of the episode is the first duty. Yeah. So but, it's not, but it's, it's a fictional not a casual on, thing that they're saying. Hang on, they're saying something very intensely and but, definitively, and they're now saying it. So going forward, beyond my question this was episode, never, my question was never: Is it true or is he lying? My question is: That seems like a weird thing for them to saying is the primary duty of all Starfleet officers. But, but now that they've established it. As yeah, canonical. I accept it. I'm not. I'm not questioning whether that's part of canon or not. I'm not looking at the Enterprise, going, "But is that the Enterprise?" I understand that they're saying that's what it is. I'm saying it doesn't add up to me. But when you globalize it, it should. The, the globalizing to me seems like a little bit of smoke and mirrors, even though it's beautiful writing. There's no question about it, and it's beautifully performed. Hmm. Maybe this whole thing is smoke and mirrors. And we're not even be. podcasting. What so if we weren't even, even recording? So I didn't get to my final, my final point. Oh, you uh, had yeah, two, well, though. We're, we're, you and I are certainly smoking mirrors. There's no question about that. We can't um, do a short podcast, ever. No. Um, so the, the, uh, the other point I was going to bring up is uh, just structurally, story-wise speaking, um, hopefully this won't be as much of a fight. <laughs> um, I feel like... It hurts Wesley's, I think this is sort of in the vicinity of what you were kind of saying earlier, it hurts Wesley's big move later to finally tell the truth that Picard kind of backs him fully into a corner. Like, he doesn't, he basically says, you either got to tell the truth or I'm going to tell it. Like, and then you're screwed. Um, And then they kind of dance back a little bit by making Locarno in the next scene say... Well, let him say it. He's not gonna he's not gonna bust you anyway. But it's like, yeah, but if Picard comes out and says this is exactly what they're doing, but they're all pretty fucked, even if they don't have proof. You're also forgetting the Boothby scene between Picard and Boothby the so first Boothby scene. Pushing him into doing the right thing, and that's what he's doing there. Yes. Yeah, I guess I just would I would have preferred uh, and I'm not saying yeah, I understand why you got to have Picard be the the linchpin that turns the plot, um, just based on how the show is structured and we want Picard to be. But I guess I would have liked it better if he didn't turn the screws to him at the end of the scene. If he said you said everything he's, you're saying without the point where he's saying either you do it or I do it, that it's like you're doing the wrong thing. You know you're doing the wrong thing. Do the right thing. And then it's in Wesley's hands. It's not him being pushed into it. I, and by the same token, I feel like them even having the video on him is almost too much evidence. And and like it should have theoretically, it should have been that scene, like you were saying, with uh, with the father at 
toward the end and that he feels so guilty and knows it's so wrong um, that that's what pushes him. Right. But that's the first call, right? And then he denies after that, which is, I think, a little crazy. The first call to the first duty. The first call to the first duty of every Starfleet officer <laughs> is to action. Uh, but I had a thought. What you were saying. Do you want me to re-stack it? Yeah. Uh, basically just saying I feel like you didn't need the aspect. Uh, oh, uh, yes. Okay. I have it. So here's what I think about that. What's interesting about Picard's final sort of like, if you don't do this, I will. Yeah. It is sort of like his Hail Mary at getting Wesley to do what is right. Right. And he essentially has the opportunity to get off scot-free, it seems, right? When they're closing the inquiry, she rings the dinner bell, and he still stands up and says... Yes, I understand that they structure it that way. So I buy it. I think also, like, the idea is, like, Picard, I think probably, and again, I'm reading into this more than it needs to be read into, but there's a world where, like, all of them get expelled. And I think in Picard's head, it's like, he's either going to get expelled. I, I'm, we're, t- we, we're the Enterprise. We're going to have to turn this over. We've, we're actively participating in the investigation. Uh-huh. We've been given access to all this stuff from the Admiral. She's, of course, going to want to report on this. We're not going to lie. We're going to be like, we think this is what was happening in this blah, 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 blah. The, I think in Picard's head, it's like, he's either going to get expelled after the Enterprise turns over what they've discovered, uh-huh. or he's going to get expelled telling the truth. Like, I think in, in Picard's mind, it's, he's going to get expelled either way. Uh-huh. And... But what Picard is saying is like, at least fucking tell the truth. This right. is not going mean, to end well either way. I like the, I like sort of uh, what I deem to be your subtext, which is which going back to the Boothby conversation, which is the idea that that Picard maybe 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 you could even theorize Picard doesn't know that he's going to be expelled. He just knows what he's doing is wrong. And so he's laying down the law, maybe not as a threat, but theoretically to because he's trying to do everything he can to get Wesley to tell the truth because he realizes that that is the most important thing um, to to Wesley Wesley's future as a human being. So I like, and that does kind of dovetail with the Boothby scene of that Boothby was basically saying, I just gave you a push of what you knew was right, and that's exactly what Picard's doing, and that theoretically, you could argue he's maybe not as mad as he's saying, and he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't really think that that 
that telling that that turning over on Wesley is going to necessarily get him expelled. He's just trying to do everything he can to get Wesley to choose to do the right thing. So I would like it if that was what the case was. I don't know if that was what you were saying entirely. Yeah, but I, I well, it was sort of to that point. It was like this is going to go one of two ways. The outcome is going to be similar either way. At least fucking tell the truth. Right. But if if that is, I guess the so I I concur with that and I like that about it. But I I I guess I just in terms of its placement in the story. If you even assume so, that he, he they're about to get off scot free, and then and then Wesley stands up. You could theoretically assume that if that case had, if if the rest of the episode had played out and Wesley had not stood up, that theoretically, based on what Picard said, he would have brought the rest of the information to Starfleet, and however they were tried in that case it would have affected his wesley's future career at starfleet well i think it's interesting because they would have been like oh they were trying to do this cloudburst thing so starburst thing so they're clearly all i think it's interesting at the end douchebags at the end when the admiral says unless anyone has any further evidence and do you think what is that picard is choosing not to bring forth that evidence at that point correct i think he still is holding onto the hope that Wesley is going to fucking do the right thing. I would really like that, and it certainly fits with his character. I'm not sure that that's what the scene is telling us. But I, th- I think that the, you know, the shots... But I guess it actually supports your theory because it, it, it like, my problem with him saying laying down the law is, well, he shouldn't lay down the law. It should be Wesley that comes to it, independent of being strong-armed. But I guess your your point is, well, in that moment, he could have strong-armed him and yes. stood up himself. Absolutely. So, yeah, okay, I'll buy that. And I think it's like good cop, bad cop, Beverly it, being the good cop. It doesn't... It's like it doesn't mom and dad, honestly. I wish yes. Beverly was in that scene it doesn't in the ready se- room. Yes. It doesn't seem like Picard that they're shooting Picard in a way like he's holding these cards and he he's about to say it and then he doesn't say it. Well, let's uh, um, pop in to the final uh, oh, helicopter. Oh, let, I know I know we're really, uh, we're taking a long time, but I also had stuff to say about the Locarno scene. Go ahead. You have the con. Exciting. Finally. granted you drop in permission. To call instead, just say, Alexa, call con. Alexa, stop. <laughs> Who's Khan? You mean call call Khan Noonien Singh? Um, Maybe. Uh, oh, he says, he says something like, uh, Wesley, why don't you, he's basically he's telling him he should, so Wesley's saying um, he's going to he resign. Should resign. Can you just play that scene? I'm sorry. Well, you have control. Oh, I do. <laughs> That's what I when I said you have the con. I meant you have literal control. Oh, I forgot. I'm so used to you <laughs> doing this. Uh, Andy and uh, I said, ah, there's no way it would be an hour longer when we resumed. And uh, we are definitely going to pass that. This might be our longest episode. Really? Yeah. Wow. All right, here we go. 
It was urgent. They know, Nick. They know what we did. Calm down. Calm down. Now tell me exactly what happened. Captain Picard called me under the Enterprise. When I got there, he told me that he knows. The culvert maneuver, the cover-up, everything. He said that if I didn't come forward and tell the truth now, he would. You said he figured it out. Does he have any evidence? No, but he knew exactly how it happened. Captain Picard doesn't know anything. He has a theory. So let him tell the inquiry what he thinks happened. They'll ask us, is it true? We'll say no, sir. There's no evidence, so there's no case. We'll get off with a reprimand. I can't call Captain Picard a liar. I already told him to leave my room. Wesley. We have to hang on just a little bit longer. And this will all be over. It's wrong, Nick. Wesley. No. I'm going to tell them what happened. You're going to tell them what happened. I could have started here. You. Alone. We're going to decide what happens to me. To Cito, to Jean. You're going to decide that? I'm not going to lie to them again, Nick. I can't live with it. You can't lie to them. You should have heard his speech. You can't live <laughs> with this. You have to tell them what happened. Who the hell are you? Nick! You're going to turn us in. No, wait a minute. No, you wait a minute! He got to you, didn't he? Picard told you some big story about duty and honor. The first duty. <laughs> Well, it must have been a pretty good speech to make you turn your back on your friends. It was great. It Matt was played it like four times. <laughs> We're Starfleet cadets. We have a duty to the truth. What about your duty to your friends? <laughs> it's the first duty. I got you one. It's the second duty is to your friends. I gave you a chance when there were upperclassmen waiting in line. I said, he won't let us down. He was on the Enterprise. He knows what it's like to trust somebody with his life. Yeah, that's another thing. Well, I guess I was wrong. If we all come forward together and tell Admiral Brand, we don't want to come forward. Cito, Gene and me, we don't have a problem with this. But if you do, then resign your appointment to the Academy and walk away. Don't make us pay for your guilty conscience. You'd let me do that? Uh, so, well, I'll play the rest of this. You'd let me throw away my career? Just to save your neck? To save the team. That's more important than you. And it's more important than me. And if I were in your place, I'd do it without hesitation. But that's me. Okay, so, uh, first I'd be, thing. I'd be like, by the way, he walks up to that door like it's gonna open, and it doesn't. <laughs> watch that Does again. He? Skip, pop back, Yeah. and watch. I mean, we don't have a problem with this. Conscience. You'd let me do that? You'd let me throw away my career? Sorry, couldn't be Just more to precise. to save your neck? To save the team. That's more important than you. And it's more important than me. And if I were in your place, I'd do it without hesitation. But that's me. Ha, 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 ha,
That is kind of funny. Wait, oh yeah, this is one of those. He's only been. Um, he's only been with doors you open on Star Look, Trek. The guy is a consummate <laughs> trekkie, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh god, damn it! I really wanted to be on the show so the doors would open. Um, okay, first off, uh, Lacarno really impressively cool under fire. <laughs> that he tells him Picard knows. And he immediately goes to, does he have evidence? No. All right, then we're fine. It's like there's no step uh, in between that. It's really impressive. Which, uh, but, by the way, makes me feel like he's a constant liar. Yes, he's a pathological liar. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's uh, one thing. Uh, the other thing is, it's confusing to me that he says, well, if it was me in your shoes, that's what I would do. And it's like, does he mean... If I was the one having the crisis of conscience, like he is in yeah. his shoes, he could take responsibility and then save the team. Yeah, I think that is what he's saying. And he's telling him to lie and say it was all his responsibility. What? No, he's saying resign and don't say anything. Right. If you're having a crisis of conscience, then get out of here. But how would that save the team anyway? If he resigned, then like they, would, saying, they would continue the lie. Neck if I resign, they would, because he would not be at the inquiry anymore. Yeah, I mean, all right. But I mean, that's what they're saying. Wouldn't necessarily save them, but I understand. Uh, right. And then the other thing is, Wesley's immediately like, "You want me to throw away my career?" And I'm like, "Isn't your career already fucked? <laughs> like, why are you worrying about that right now?" I think that's what they're all worrying about this entire episode. But that's not what Wesley's primary concern is, or at least it hasn't been presented that way. It's it's the guilt of the of the lying and and presenting yeah, his. But dead I think it's also is, like this Locarno saying like then you should resign. I think he immediately goes to his career. I just think it's a natural line of thought for wesley yeah but to that point i'd be like dude you're asking me to put my neck out for three fucking liars <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know which is what he's asking yeah i just have questions but anyway that was all i had in this scene okay sad picard here we go this is the shot they cut to if there's no evidence here we go that either the data is faulty in some way or you have lied to us however suspicion is not proof and i have no proof that you have lied to this inquiry therefore if no further evidence is presented i have no choice but to close this investigation yeah, I guess, I guess that also that part also suggests that Picard, even if he brought it forward, it wouldn't have made any difference because he, it's it would have been still theory. It wouldn't have been. Lacarno's right. But then he would ask. You know, they'd ask, and then they'd. So I mean, they'd empty. probably have to check the findings again. The point yeah. is, 
it's an empty threat, basically, when he says either you come forward or I will. Because it's like, I mean, it's not an empty threat to Wesley because that would be terrifying to him. But it's an empty threat in terms of legally because they still couldn't prove anything. I mean, this isn't a court martial. This is just a school board. Yeah. There are ramifications, um, though. To that point, like, they're not, none of them are getting thrown in jail. No. There's no, it's not, you know, legally. I think it's just school conduct code stuff. But the, she says, if no further evidence is offered, then she takes this very slow walk where you're like, she should be saying, with the camera on her back, I'm walking very slowly to the bell. <laughs> so if no further evidence is presented, <laughs> I'm about to do the bell thing. I'm walking. The bell's going to be hit. I'm going <laughs> to sit slowly. If no one has anything else to say. For filing an inaccurate flight plan and for allowing Cadet Albert to fly when you knew he was having difficulties. I'm ordering a formal reprimand. By the way, that part, too, is still the big moral quandary, I think. Which, what aspect? They're lying about Albert. I thought that was the primary issue. Oh. They're lying about Josh. Like, this guy's father is sitting there. They cut to him. Isn't that the primary offense? I, I almost feel like that's more of the offense the way this is presented than the than the 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 starburst. Yeah, yeah, no, but I think like the moral implication here. Yes. Is that they will fucking pin it on this dead kid. Oh sure. Yeah. It's so dirty. In front of his father. Yeah. And like Wesley's gotta be like, are we really gonna fucking pin this on this guy? Yeah. His father brought me a sweater. Yeah. Man placed on each of your permanent records. I'm also revoking your flight privileges. This inquiry is closed. What if that's what made Wesley freak out? Sir, I would like to add something to my testimony. I rang the bell, it's too late. Proceed, <laughs> Mr. Crusher. Yesterday I testified that the crash occurred following a Jaeger loop. That is not entirely true. We performed a loop and afterwards broke formation and attempted a culvert starburst. We knew it was prohibited. We knew it was dangerous. But we wanted to do something spectacular for the commencement demonstration. So we'll see you later. Thanks. We pushed Josh (laughs) into it and he wasn't ready. We thought we could do it. We thought we could do anything. We were wrong. And Josh died. We could do anything but lie. Josh didn't let us down, sir. It wasn't his fault. Mr. Locarno, you are the leader of Nova Squadron. Do you have anything to say? Yes, I'm going to come back as a different character, and none of this will have happened, so I don't care. Oh, it happened, but not to me! (laughs) Poof, he's gone. I was also lying about my name. It's Tom Paris. There you go. 
And uh, here we are. Mr. Lacano has been expelled. They should have expelled all of us. They very nearly did. Mr. Lacano made an impassioned plea for the rest of you. I thought that was a nice touch. Influence a squadron leader to convince you to attempt the call board maneuver, and then to cover up the truth. It's kind he of asked truth. to take full responsibility. He did exactly what he said he would. He protected the team. I feel awful. I've let down everyone. My mother, my friends, you. You should feel bad. I should be first. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're forgetting what happened in the room, Wesley. <laughs> and you will pay for what you've done. Admiral Brand has decided that in addition to a formal reprimand, your academic credits for the past year will be cancelled and you will not advance with your class. I understand. It's not going to be easy. Staying here on campus. Everyone knowing what you did. You have difficult times ahead. Yes, sir. Thank you, Captain. You knew what you had to do. I just made sure that you listened to yourself. Boothby told me that earlier. <laughs> Goodbye, cadet. Goodbye, captain. Disengage! <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the flag's at half-mast. I didn't notice that. Yeah, well, that's for good old Josh Albert. Um, or well, yeah. or it's for Lacano's career. <laughs> it's up for Lacarno. <laughs> Party guy Lacarno is. We lost expelled. one of our own today. What <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of dicks. No more keggers at Lacarno's. <laughs> I love that last shot of them walking away in opposite directions, and you see Starfleet Academy in the background. It's just really, really moving and nice. It's great. It's fucking great, Andy. I really enjoy so that. So great. It's great. It's really it's, it's fantastic. So now that that's done, let's go ahead and award an MVC. Okay. Well, it's the MVC. Yeah, the MVC. Get over that! Jean-Luc Picard is the MVC. Make um. it so. Is it Boothby for creating oh. that knowledge? And Boothby, he's not on the crew. <laughs> Is it the Vulcan judge for being a dick? The Vulcan uh, you know captain? What? I'm going to say, I don't know if this is a reach because he's not on the crew anymore. I'm going to say maybe it's Wesley because Wesley's the one that makes the right decision in the end. Yeah, but I... I... I don't know. I gotta give it to. <laughs> I gotta give it to Picard. You, you just love the speech so much. I do, honestly, I do. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know what? I'll go along with you. It's it's Picard. Yay! He did it. Way to go, Captain Picard. <laughs> Sorry, Worf. Not this time. Whoops. It's too much happening. Hey, you got a, you got a little extra bang for your buck there, Nacho. So much is happening. Oh, Nacho. What I meant to say was, Worf, you are yet a, you are yet again not the MVC. 
I will learn to do better, sir. Thank you. <laughs> nice. That's what I meant to do. Would have been really funny if it happened the right way. It's hot. There's a lot of different sounds. <laughs> There's so many more sounds than when you were doing this because of all the jingles I've asked for. We sit Not that many more. We hang and talk, but the podcast isn't over just yet. How many Andy's does this episode get? I love this episode. I watch it a lot. It's a classic Matt Myra's going to bed, needs something to hear. I'm going to throw this episode on. It's a 9 out of 10 for me. I give it a seven and a half. What? That's outrageous. <laughs> I knew this wasn't going to happen. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I think that Picard is, uh, Patrick Stewart is just fantastic in it. I love the writing. Uh, I like that it's about Wesley. I like that it's about Starfleet Academy. I don't know. It just didn't, uh, it didn't, didn't have a lot of, <sighs> I get it. It just spends a long time on this thing. It's and, a small, uh, it's a smaller episode in many ways story wise it's definitely well done with all my complaints it's definitely well done all the way through and uh i I didn't have any issues with it i just don't know if i would put it higher personally well luckily you don't have to because i have given it a nine yeah uh so, Andy, we got to watch the trailer for next week, and then we're going to go thank all our presidents in the president's circle. Okay. And next week's episode is Cost of Living. Oh, boy. <laughs> is that not, not a good one? We're in, uh, are we in a bad run now? Well, you know, uh, TNG trailer for the Cost of Living. Here we go. I'm going to go ahead and give Andy Secunda a link so he can follow along like the rest of the kids at home. And uh, we're going to watch the trailer here. Another helicopter coming in. Busy night in the skies of Los Angeles. Uh, I have it on my own. You don't have to send it. Oh, but I sent it. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Ready? We'll hit play. Andy, count us down. Three, two, one. Okay. Trek Core, thanks for providing. between generations. I hate him. Triggers an escape into fantasy. My little warrior wants to see more out of life than just Uh-oh. fighting, eh? But a parasite <laughs> invades the Enterprise. Is it big enough to cause a threat? And Worf and his son are trapped in its path of destruction. Oh, man. The ship left to reach the Pilaris field. Life signs are failing. Primary power systems are going down. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> Luxana and, and Alexander. It's <laughs> crazy. Oof. Be a, a cavalcade of annoying side characters. Did uh, I kind of want to play this? I want to watch this with you, but I mean, I'll wait till we're together again. Oh, till we're together again. Will we ever be together again, Matt? I, I mean, I don't know. Once testing is more available, yeah, it's like a year <laughs> away, isn't it? Who knows? Okay, so. That's the business, and now the real business, the business of saying thank you to our presidents with their monthly shout-out. So, Oh, man, I forgot about that. It's going to be didn't. a long run today, guys. Here we go. Andy, we got to re-enter the president's circle. Here we go. some good harmonizing all right andy i'll take the first batch big old thank you to the following lieutenants who are in the president's circle amber schmidt anders peterson christopher fonegi adrian bing clark 
Sir Reginald Pennybottom, Derek Atkinson, Jet Jurgens, a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand. Andy Puckett, Aaron, Adam, and JP, Adam Dodge, Adam Holtz, Adam Rogers, Adam Sullins, Adrian Carter, Elena, Alan L., Alex Carrico, Alex Geslin, Alex Edson, Alexander Perry, Alec Borsier, Amanda Bootwell, Amanda Murphy, Amy Gibbs, Amy Giles, Amy Pointer, Andrew Erickson. By the way, I'd like to point out that Andy Puckett, very smart, throwing two A's at the top of his name, getting to be the first Andy Red. Oh, very clever. <laughs> now, Andrew, everybody, now everybody's going to be A oh, yeah. something. <laughs> Andrew Erickson. That's why AAA is AAA. They wanted yeah. to be first in the phone book when you looked up car repair. Andrew Gibson. Andrew Ingram. I hope I said Andrew Erickson. Andrew McClure. Andrew Michael Barber the first. Andrew Nightswander. Andrew Polkring. Andrew Witzel. And Andrew Wyman. I never realized how many Andrews we had. I wonder if they like saying... They just probably type their name into Andy. iTunes. What am I going to listen to? Oh, yeah. Something about me. Uh, Anita Hand Sanitizer. <laughs> Very funny. Anthony Rideout. Anthony Salvino. Anthony Trepizioni. Trepizioni? Uh, uh, Lieutenant Anthony Wardinger. Lieutenant A- Asher Mercher. Assistant to the regional president, Ray Ching Peng. <laughs> Aussie Andy, Barry Wallace, Ben Roach, Ben Sautel, Beth Clark, Beth Harrington, Big Mother Trucker Matthew Wipert, Lieutenant <laughs> Bob Blair, Lieutenant Bob Wab- Wagstaff, Brandon Davis, Lieutenant Brandon Callinger, Lieutenant Brett Jarrett, Brett Euler, Brett Parsons, Brian Deemer, Brian Hellman, Brian McDonald, Brian Stokes, Brian Stromets. Stromets. Strumets, uh, Brian Adams, Brian Rewinkle, uh, Lieutenant CD, Lieutenant CC Sadler, Lieutenant Kately M, Carmen DeHoog, Carolyn Land, Cashmere Woods, Catface, <laughs> uh, Catherine Gardner, uh, Gartner, uh, Cedron Law, Chad Fate, Chad and Yarbrough. Oh, Andy, I like how you uh, so proper putting lieutenant on a lot of these. Uh, Lieutenant Chad Wavell, Jimenez Dax, Chris Allen, Chris Casimiro, Chris DQ, Chris Dybel, Chris Love, Chris Nedgewitz, Chris Yates, Christopher Colbert, Christopher Mitz, Christopher Montoya, Christopher P. Gill, Christopher Leopold, Chuck Credo, Chuck Day, Claire Powells, Claudia, Cody Whoopenkamp, Whoppenkamp, I assume, Colin McKeon, Colm Hayes, Commander Chief, uh, oh, sorry, Command Master Chief Robert Garrison, Corey Colbert, Cosmo Moore, CPO Ernest, Listen to My Face Pod, Episode 59, Castania, Dak Pate, Dan Billing, Dan Hornberger, Dan Costellic, Dan McLeod, Dan Stoko, Daniel Fashing, Daniel Perez, Daniel Permit, Daniel Stenrid, Danny Tunker, Darren Gleaton, Darren Dishing, Daryl, the Animal Noy, and Dave K. Thank you. David, David Joseph Moody, David Marquez, David Sanines, uh, Denise Kupfer Schmidt. Hopefully that was close, Denise. Derek oh, you Hawkins, know what I, Derek Westover. You know what I Westover. realized? The hollow huh? DJ should not be taking any more time off. Oh, yeah. He's just sitting in the corner smoking. I don't even know if smoking's allowed in this lounge. <laughs> I mean, the automatic fire suppression system should have taken care of him. Yeah. Uh, which, um, are you there? Wake up, my friend. Oh, here he is. 
Uh, he's not playing. I did not request that song. I can tell you that much. Derek Hawkins, Derek Westover, Diane M. Martin, Dylan Ekmalian, Doug Mai, Lieutenant Dwayne Howard, Lieutenant Dim, uh, Lieutenant Ed Mundy, Lieutenant Edward Andre Acevedo, uh, Edward O'Hare, L. Chapulin, Colorado, uh, Elizabeth Brandt, Elizabeth Simpson, Elizabeth Story, Emily Eldred, Eric B., Erica Vanaver, Vanaver? I know you told me how to say it, Eric. I apologize. Erica Carlson, Eric Mon, Aaron N., uh, Lieutenant F. Koje, Kojet, Koje, Koje. I covered them all. Uh, Farhan Gay Sarhuess. I'm gonna need the phonetic pronunciation on that. I really am sorry. Feldy Bimf. Um, Fred that, that one you nail. <laughs> Frederick Ballou, Frederick Reeves, Lieutenant Frederick Rombouts, uh, Frederick Roy. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, Galactic President and <laughs> Lieutenant Galactic President Andrew Reeves. You're not getting it. Uh, Gareth Case, Gary Martinez, Jer- Ger- Jerry Carnavan, Canavan. And Gillian Little, or Gillian Little. Uh, let's talk to a uh, thank you for Glenn Wakeley, Grand Admiral Matt Tween, Grant McGuire, Greg Lotta, Gwyneth Williams, Hampus Theander, Heather Nelson, Hootenwaddle, Herbert Uridia, Hayden Heiss, uh, J.D. Cohen, Jack Savici, Jacob Reichard, almost Riker, uh, James Baker, James Manero, James Tuttle, Jan Leppert, Janella Roberts, Jason Keisler, Jason Sinclair, couple of J's, and then we have J from ScienceDiv.com, the triple people. Jason Werend, Judge 439, Jeff Karamaza, Jeff Jenkins, Jeff Millies, Jeff Mullins, Jeff the Human and Maximus the Dog. Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins, of course. Great Enterprise intro song. Thank you. Jeffrey Barker, uh, Jeffrey Child, Jennifer Leader, Jeremy Miller, Jesse Elliott, Jesse Glassby, Jesse Hendricks, and my good pal Jesse Tushinsky. Thank you, Jillian Randles. Thank you, Jiminy Jalickers. <laughs> Thank you, JJ Carter. Thank you, Joe Fermanek. Thank you, Joe Moore. Uh, Thank you, Joe Moran, a.k.a. Muscles Ripley. Uh, Lieutenant Joe Shaw, Lieutenant Joe Sullivan, Joel Greenbow, John Carr, John Brieg, John Lynn, John Turin, John G, Jonathan Anderson, Jonathan Sourshell, Jonathan Wentz, Jonathan Meisner, Joyce Hudson, uh, Juan Morales, Judith Haynes. Thank you, Julie Cousins. Thank you, Julie Phillips. Thank you, Julio. Just there for the buffet. Uh, Katie Campbell, uh, Lieutenant Cam Araki, uh, Karen Van Off. Cassia, Lieutenant Catherine, Lieutenant Catherine Novacek, Catherine Shimmons, Kathleen Guzman, Katya, Katya Woolishin, Kvart on Facebook and Instagram, Keith Badela, um, Kellen Adamson, Lieutenant Kelly Coe, Lieutenant Kelly Newman. Oh, and a big thank you to Kendra Song, Kenny Meehan, Kevin Brown, Kevin Mann, Kevin Polly, Kevin32, Kieran O'Sullivan, Kim Vilsack, Kip Corbett, Cody Stanley, Kristen Scalisi, the Goddess of Carbs, Kyle Thompson, Lady Charlie Whitmore, Lance Daniel Hepper, Lauren Henson, Laura McCarriker. Oh, I love a fucking phonetic spelling. Laura Palmer Blandford, Laura Gleason, the god, the donkey of prey. Sorry, Leon, Leon, 
Kassab, <laughs> Lee Chapman, <laughs> Linda Dilbeck, Linnea Thunsel, Lisa, Lisa Simpson, uh, Lissy D, Lorraine Denman, Lucas Bishop, Lucas Swain, Luke Morgan Rowe, Linda Bray, Mandy Fitzgerald, Mark C, Marcello Vita, Marcus Erlinson, Marie Capasso, Mark Isery, Mark Mitchell, Mark Redenius, and Martin Hedegard Peterson. Thank you. Matt Burke, Matt Fader, Matt Schaefer, Matthew Cutler, Matthew Dillon, Matthew Dunn, Matthew L. Went, Matthew M. Columbus, Lieutenant Matthew Wright, Lieutenant Michael Collins, Michael Crowish, uh, Michael Shade, Shade, uh, I mean Shade, uh, Microwave Beef, Mike Gaylord, Lieutenant Mike Jones, Lieutenant Commander, Mike Mann, Mike Webster, um, Mikey Melton, Miriam Centeno, MK, Molly Murphy White, Mr. Bundy, Nate Hudson, Nathan Haney, Nathan Haney, um, Neil Studd, Lieutenant Nelson Helwig, Lieutenant Nick, Lieutenant Nicholas Jones, thank you, Nick G, and thank you again, Nick G. Interesting, <laughs> two Nick G's. Um, Pat E, Patrick, Patrick Heels, Hellas. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Paul Brisk, Paul Carley, uh, Paul Magnus Calabro. Oh, he gave me the spelling. Paul, you nailed Magnus. it. Magnus. Oh, I said I did it. Yeah. Sweet. Lieutenant Paul Sharp, Peter Sheeran, Phil Gaysier, Gaysier, Gaser, Gazer. Philip, Philip Gerst, Preston Foster, Professor X, Rachel Dillon, Snyder, Raymond, Rebecca Shavita, Ren Hart, Richard Craig, Richard Davis, Richard Jackson, Richard Phillips, Risa Kachuk, Rob, Rob Baptiste, Robin Sabine, Rob Trevino, president of the Interrupted Tales podcast, Robert Denton, Robert Olson, Roberto, Robin Larson, Ron LeBlanc, Ron Veenstra, Ross McLeod, and then it will probably be Rutger Hauer. It is not Rutger Hauer this week. It is Ryan oh. Henson, Ryan Solo, Sam Pass. We've lost Rutger Hauer. Sandal Tremel, uh, Sandal Don't Tremel, me, Rutger. Uh, Sandra M, Sante Mastriana, Sante Mastriana. There it is. Sarah Friedman, Sarah Stephensies, Scott Burnett. Scott Landis, Scouter Echo of the 5th Kitchener Beavers Colony, Sean, Simon Harper, Shrieknar, Stephen Herman. Stephanie Garrity, Stephanie Simmons, Stephen McIver, McIver? McVicker, that's what it is. Um, <laughs> Stephen Price, Stephen Van Breda, Stephen White, Stephen Har- Steve Harcourt, Steve Haas. Steve Thomas, Lieutenant Steve Cotter. Thank you, Stephen Small. Thank you, Stevie Marie Nickel. Takil Nui. Doing the best I can, buddy. Um, Or ma'am. Tara Hunter. uh, Lieutenant Teddy Jordan. The Great and Terrible Lizak. The Kembles. The Dude Never Bowls. Theodoro Zatezalo. The Real Rilatar. The Real Realtor? Middleton. Huh? Is that a realtor? Realtor? The, the real realtor? It says real and then rye latar. The real it might be the real realtor, but they're going a long way to trick me into saying that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Tom the Thomas uh, Thomas Nettleton, Lieutenant Thomas Nettleton, Thomas Peering, Tim Collins, thank you, Tim Filmer, thank you, Tim Siebel, uh, Tim Shields, Timothy Cullen, Tina Rowdio, Tish Wheeler, Todd Matt Meyer. 
Tom McKelsell, T- Tony King, Trek Barnes, Trenton Hoyt, Trevor Kozdrowski, Troy Ray, Tyler Ferris, Tyler Rosewood, Tyson Klein. Oh my goodness. And we're going to round it out here with Van Phelan, Vanilla Thunder, Veronica Wisely, Wesley crushing that ass, Whiskey Ben 77, Will Davis, Will Holsclaw, William Smith, William Temin, Winston Stouffer, and Zach Crumb. Thank you all so much for hanging in there with us. And uh, if you listened all the way to this part of the show, you are a true fan. I'm going to I'm going to silence the hollow DJ. And I'm going to there- make Andy play the thing that I was going to play before. And I was like, ah, we should wait. This is what we're waiting for. Uh, I want Andy <coughs> to Ooh. take a look uh, at the Red Letter Media. You're familiar, right? Yeah. They did the uh, Picard. They did a Picard teaser trailer after the show had come out. And I, I want Andy to see it. And I'm going to play it here. And I'm going to put... Uh, I'm gonna give me the put link. the link in the in the in the chat window, and then Got Andy, it. click on it, okay. and then we will count down and play it. If you want to keep is, it muted on your end, or this is exciting. I thought it was yeah. so delightful, <laughs> and I think Oops. it might be a teaser for an actual Mister Plinkett review of the entire series. Which well, oh, boy. this is ju- this is just okay. Their teaser. This is perfect. Okay, this is their teaser. Uh, and, I, and it was so beautifully done that I was like, I got to show this to Andy. So, Andy, okay, I'm ready when you count are. us in, and uh, we'll hit play at the same time, and I'll play the audio for those at home. Three, two, one, go. Oh, I fucked it up. Started okay, back, Andy. Back? Sorry. Okay, no problem. And Three. Ready, sorry? Yep. Three, two, one, go. I never really cared for science fiction. <laughs> I just didn't get it. Unmitigated disaster. The Jason? Unmitigated disaster. Unmitigated disaster. Unmitigated disaster. What's brown and sticky? Burnt tomato. <laughs> <laughs> I can smell a lie. I did everything I could. It gets better and better. It appears you thought you were playing when you were being played, Admiral. I don't yet fully understand all of it. Please explain. What the hell are you talking about? Just help me understand what is happening. You may be right. Do you know how? No. <laughs> he doesn't know anything. He disappointed you. Pause oh, music. I believe the phrase is an acquired taste. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> that looks very promising. I uh, I love that uh, 
Mike over there at Red Letter Media has the time, thanks to a quarantine, to put together <laughs> what I'm hoping will be at least an hour long. Yeah. Picard when does review. that come out? I don't know. What's the teaser? Oh, man. Good plug for him. Yeah, 27,000. Really good. good plug. Are you kidding me? This has uh, 395,000 views. He doesn't need us <laughs> plugging it. <laughs> uh, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> I mean, when you see it all cut together like that, it's, yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah, yeah. That's what it was like. Yeah. Well, Andy. We've that was done a, a nice show. little treat for them. Yeah. I hope they stuck around. Uh, that being said, we appreciate all of you. Thank you for listening. Thank you Thank for sticking around. Thank you guys around. so much. Part of the reason that that roll call was so long is because we have so many new people uh, in the Patreon, and we really appreciate all of you, uh, and we appreciate all the nice things that everyone's sent in uh, thanking us for the the extra content, uh, both in Patreon and otherwise. By the way, we never even pay, played the John Delancey thing. No, I figured we would sort of stretch it out, like have the because we had that that beautiful Enterprise song today. Oh, I see. So we'll do that. Oh, it's all part of a plan, guys. Stay yeah. tuned for the rest of Andy's plan. In the meantime, yeah. thank you all so much, and don't forget to uh, let Captain Picard stay in your dorm room. <laughs> Disengage. Follow Star Trek: The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone. It's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or... Join the President Circle for $17.01 per month.